A quick disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions expressed on the Doored Up podcast are strictly those of the hosts and guests of the show and do not reflect official policies or viewpoints of any law enforcement, government, or public service entity, nor is the Doored Up podcast officially affiliated with said agencies. The Doored Up podcast contains mostly true stories told by the law enforcement officers, firefighters, emergency medical services personnel, military veterans, and first responders who lived through them. Some names and details may have been changed to protect the anonymity of persons involved. Realize that some listeners may be familiar with these stories, and we would encourage them to refrain from commenting with any clarifying details that might violate that anonymity. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Door Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deputy Drew. We tell first responder stories and get them straight from the folks that live through them. Talk with law enforcement, fire, EMS, military veterans, all my friends. Uh, quick side note, this podcast is strictly for entertainment purposes only. We're not officially affiliated <laughs> with any law enforcement or government entities, as stated previously in the disclaimer. Uh, just wanted to say big shout out to everybody so far who's listened and spread the word about the podcast and getting a ton of great feedback. Uh, at the end of the day, it's not necessarily about the feedback because uh, this is just a project that I want to put out into the world and uh, share with the folks here. So it uh, it's a labor of love and I'm enjoying it so far, but I really do appreciate the support from everybody. So today, like I said, this is episode five and I've got Tony here. We're doored up having a beer. So we're going to tell some stories and just bullshit for a while and you guys are hopefully along for the ride. So go ahead and say hey. Hey, everybody. <laughs> so Tony, friend of mine that we've worked together in a number of different capacities over the last, how many years you got? Uh, nine. Nine years? Yeah. I was, was going to say it was about getting close to 10. Yeah. Previously, you were assigned as a detective. Yes. Yeah. Just rotated out of that a couple of months ago. Back yeah. on the street. Loving back, it. It's awesome. Back on patrol. Yeah. Yeah. And we've worked together on SRT for at least five years, yeah. six years. Yeah, six years now. Because yeah. I just got your, I'm your team leader now. Yeah. <laughs> I just got, just got moved up and yeah. uh, they gave me your five-year pin to give to you. It's just sitting on my desk in my office. If I'd have been thinking about it, I'd have brought yeah. it home. <laughs> so yeah, congratulations well, on that. That's, yeah, a, that's, that's a big cool, milestone. Man. You yeah. know, we're usually about a year behind in recognition for those things, <laughs> just kind of the way that it works yeah. out. But that's uh, technically you finished your fifth year. That moved makes sense. Your, yeah, moved into your sixth. So yeah. that's a that's a big milestone. I think that uh, it snuck up on me when I hit five years on SRT. Yeah, no doubt, absolutely. Like it's like looking back on it, like oh, a bunch of stuff that happened. Yeah, you don't think about it, but the amount of training that we've done, and then God call outs. Like it's yeah. been. We had a kind of a dry year, twenty twenty. Yeah, 2020 was a dry year. I mean, the most excitement we got was sitting, sweating in a warehouse, all kitted up. Yeah. You know, waiting for a problem. Yeah, in, in preparation for protests back in yeah. June. We'll say when you put a bunch of operators together, SWAT cops, like, playing Uno can get heated. Yeah, <laughs> we, we had a, a very heated game of Uno and then several games of Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. And that was that was a, that was a fun standby, but it was hot. Yeah. And it was it cut into our our week long training that we do every year. And yeah, that was I remember being pissed that it was like, man, we get one week a year where we can just cut loose and do Focus. a bunch of shit. Yeah, 
and spend a lot of other people's ammo. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's our ammo yeah. from my agency. But, um, it's our team, yeah. essentially, at the end of the day. So we're responsible for paying for all of that. But usually, yeah, that's like range time for a whole week every year. Yeah. And we got stuck for... What two days? Two days. Yeah. Two days sitting in a fucking warehouse, sweating our asses off in full kit, rotating in and out of full kit with QRF folks, and then we had uh, oh, the mobile field force of oh yeah riot folks in their yeah. riot gear, and they actually got to go out. Yeah, they were out, yeah. you know, pushing people around when they were uh, hurting people around. Let's put it that way: they weren't making physical contact with people. No. Let me let me restate Red- that: redirecting the crowd. Yes. Into an orderly fashion yep. so that the protest stayed peaceful. Yeah, because even in small quote, you're not, you can't see my air quotes right now, but yeah. small town, yeah. rural, rural West, we still had pretty sizable protest for we, the George Floyd thing. We had a sizable, we had an interesting mix on that because we had a sizable mix of people who wanted, like, there was definitely a large contingent of people who wanted to come out because they were concerned about the general issue of policing in America. Yep. And then we had a small number within that group of like people who were like agitators. I'm not going to, I wouldn't say that they're agitators more than they're like those people were passionate about it. Yeah. Oh, um, there were, there were people that were passionate about it. I guess I should like, yeah. So there's, there were people who were passionate about it. Then there were also people who like, again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name any names, but people who have lengthy criminal histories Yeah, and have like, maybe there's a reason that they have had on, you know, like they consider their experiences with the police to be unfavorable because they resulted in like jail sentences and probation. And stuff. <laughs> well, yes, because they're on the you know, life's all about choices. Yeah, we exactly. talk about that all the time. Yeah, but then the flip side of that is we had a fairly large contingent of, um, and I don't mean to disparage people of fuds. Like there were people who were absolutely legitimate, you know, like good experienced people out there. But then you had a bunch of people that were just roaming around trying. Because they were like, we're going to keep the community safe. Yeah. And they're, op- you know, they're open carrying, you know, like multiple long guns without slings. Like, I don't yep. know what their plan was on how yeah, to operate those. And I took a spin downtown because I was still assigned to the detective division. So after yep. we cleared, I went downtown in my unmarked. And well, we got called back. Yeah. We got, we, we finished up for the night and yeah. everything had calmed down. And then I would say there were several hundred, mm-hmm. like probably. 200 or so people yeah. that were ar- open carrying armed yeah. with rifles yeah. and you know, half of them were drinking. Yes. Yeah. At least uh, half of them were drinking. They had long guns. They had, they had plenty of long guns, but they had no centralized command, no mission parameters. Yeah. No, uh, AORs. Yeah. Uh, and no comms. Yeah. Like the potential. Yeah. Very, very <laughs> disorganized. And from a law enforcement perspective, it was a fucking nightmare. Oh, it was absolutely a nightmare. I mean, you got guys literally on like three corners of a four-way intersection, and it's like, well, when you swing, all of a sudden your fields of fire are going to intersect. Yeah. And you're going to just be zapping each other. It's going to yeah. be terrible. Well, I remember having that thought as we were working our way through the crowd. They called us back. We got back to our staging building where we keep all of our equipment, and everybody was geared down, and mm-hmm. we were all ready to go home for the night. And by that time, it was probably 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, 9.30 time. And we were still listening to the, you know, the tech channel for the people that were down, the PD guys that were still downtown. And they start screaming for help. Mm-hmm. Something's going on. <clears throat> so half of us were half-dressed, yeah. you know, mixed match gear, 
Some of us had rifles, some of us didn't. I remember, I think I took my rifle on that one, but I had left my pepperball gun mm. in my vehicle when I jumped out because I just parked it in the middle of the street and bailed out yeah. with the lights on. And I remember jumping out and we got into the middle of that crowd and I was like, man, I wish I had that fucking pepperball gun right now. Yeah. Like I would trade it because yeah. I know that I'm probably, I probably stand a better chance to get myself out of there <laughs> with the pepperball gun yeah. than, you know, even against several hundred armed people. Yeah. My chances were still pretty good because their level of training versus ours is, you know, not substantial. <laughs> but yeah, it luckily we were, we were lucky enough, enough to live in a free state. But because of that, we got to see literally both sides of it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because all those people showed up downtown to support local business owners, all the armed, yeah. you know, the armed response from private citizens had showed up to protect private businesses in case looting or something snapped off. So it was very tense. Mm-hmm. And it was a long day of us because we jumped out several times with QRF in a couple different vehicles and just unmarked vehicles. And we yeah. were out roaming around and jump out boys. And I'm really surprised nothing happened. Honestly, I am too. I, you know, there was one guy I know downtown or East cause they had, you know, they had a very specific route right. for the organized demonstration. They, mm-hmm. they, they met in one big, large open parking lot. They walk, you know, they, they marched down several blocks of the, police station a couple of people gave speeches there was one person in particular that kind of not for, i mean for lack of a better word kind of hijacked things like i mean he was yeah i mean you know he he definitely you know he was, he was trying shouting he was trying to agitate things. he was trying and he managed to get people to instead of then walking back to the parking lot as planned managed to divert them and then head through the down kind of through the edge of the downtown and then all the way to the other end of town yeah um out, well outside the parameters and uh you know and i mean for the most part it just for the most part it wasn't too much of an issue there was no. one there was one person who because there was a lot of people that was what i was going to get to the other day that you had people who felt very strongly one way or the other right and then you had people who because we do live in kind of a rural area mm-hmm. they were like this is something to do this is different <laughs> than usual let's go do something of course and it's during covid yeah. so Nobody was, I mean, yeah. not that those people would have been at work anyway. Right, exactly. It's not like they, they couldn't go to the movies. Like they, sure. had, they had even less to do than they normally had to do, yeah. you know. So, I mean, because we had somebody who was driving in a compact pickup truck with like six people sitting on the bed rail. Yep. Um, who was also trying to like live stream it. Yep. Driver dropped their phone and then went down to retrieve it and ran up on a curb and yeah. bounced people out the back of the truck. <laughs> and of course the whole thing got live streamed. Yeah. And once we figured out what had happened, it was kind of funny yeah. to watch like you people are fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh man. Yeah. Well, it's a wonder that nobody got ran over or was killed in the middle of yeah. all of that. Cause but. yeah, I think somebody did kind of drive their car through something. There was, you know, some people rolling coal. Yeah. Smoking out, you know, like they think it's, you know, they think it was funny. If you're, if you're not aware, rolling coal is when a man with a small penis and a large, very small penis and a, in a large diesel pickup, uh, is trying to attract a member of the opposite sex and they will stop at a stoplight and produce a large black shitty cloud of diesel smoke. Well, and before that, like they, this is pre-planned because they will have to adjust the tuning on that diesel engine. So <laughs> they spend it, a lot of money on these things. And but you know what? That's the thing. See, here's the thing. I everybody disparages the guys with those trucks. 
But you look at, you've got $2,500 worth of tire. Yeah. You've got 600 to $800 worth of rims. Mm-hmm. You've got the engine. You, you've got the paint job. You've got the lift kit. You have the um, uh, roll bar, the KC lights. And then you're willing to, you know, expend diesel in oh, an yeah. incredibly inefficient fashion. So really what, you're, what all those guys are doing is they're saying, hey, ladies, I know I got a tiny penis, but I'm obviously willing to compensate for that by spending a lot of money. <laughs> On things that I enjoy. It, well, you know, and that's the thing, though. But I mean, you know, so I'm, I can't speak for ladies, but I would be like, wow, sex with him would be minimally intrusive. <laughs> and he'd buy me a lot of gifts. <laughs> I just never understood it. And I love, like, I've heard of several, even local, in the in state, in our state, several uh, municipalities have passed ordinances Against that have that. made excessive exhaust illegal. Yeah. There was south of here, uh, uh, I don't know if it was a city court judge or a circuit court judge. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a city court judge yeah. that pushed it through municipalities. She got smoked out at a oh, stoplight yeah. and was like, you know what? I've had enough of this shit. <laughs> so she commissioned, you know, talked with the city council yeah. and everything and got this ordinance passed. The excessive exhaust was like a $200 ticket. Yeah. And those guys down there are writing those tickets all the time to these dudes. Oh, yeah. Dude, so, when I'm, yeah, when I'm out on the motorcycle, man, it's like, thanks for, thanks, James Bond. Yeah. You know, I needed that. Yeah. Are you a motor? Motor uh, officer? Yeah. I meant like on my personal bike, but yes, I am a motor officer. Okay. Yeah. That was, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. That was the hardest school. Of all of the schools that I have gone to for all of my law enforcement training, that was, it's a, it, to be an operator, it is a, you know, the instructor class is four weeks, the op, and that's after you're an operator. The operator class is two weeks. Right. And that was the one that was probably the hardest. It was one of the most physically demanding. Sure. Um, because you start out, you spend the first three days just picking up 800-pound Harleys. Right. Like, over and over. That's the incentive. They're like, hey, if you don't want to pick up that bike, don't fall down. And, and, and you know, you're out on the blacktop all day. And it's, I mean, like, I would come back to my hotel room and just collapse. Yeah. It was, that was the hardest school. And more than anything, like, psychologically, because it's an expensive school. Sure. And, like... I thought I went there knowing how to ride a motorcycle. Like I was, I've been right. riding for a long time. I was like, I know how to ride a motorcycle. So I'll, I'll be able to coast through this school. And then like, like day three. And I was like, they spent a lot of money to send me here. And if I don't pass, I'm going to be in so much trouble. <laughs> Somebody's going to be really pissed. <laughs> They're going to be really pissed. They spent a lot of money and I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> yeah. I've but, heard that from everybody. Yeah. Every motor cop I've ever talked to said that that was hands down the yeah. hardest school. And then, uh, did you go to Denver mm. for it? Yeah. We were actually down in, I think it's, I think it was Douglas County. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, Littleton PD, Douglas County. They had like a, a joint training facility. They okay. had... Is that the one at Highland Park Ranch or whatever? It might be. They had a huge driving pad. I mean, yeah. it was like a 10-acre yeah. driving pad that was... And then a and then a two-acre driving pad that was connected by interconnected roadways and stuff oh, like nice. that. Yeah, it was... I'm pretty sure that's the same one because I went there for an armor's course. Oh, okay. For, yeah. uh, for uh, It wasn't a Colt armor's course of something else anyway um but i've watched the videos of you know going through the yeah. cutting through the chicanes and everything it's like you're pretty much laying that bike over and it's still yeah. moving at the same yeah time. it's all about yeah it's all about like positive power and traction to the rear wheel and 
And, uh, and, and that's the mantra. That's like the mantra you have to get to your head is like, not my clutch, not my clutch, not my clutch. <laughs> like I'm not paying for the clutch. It's all right. Cause I mean, and they, they spend like this particular school, one of it's kind of, it was kind of like a loss leader for Harley. Okay. Um, so they sent out, and I mean, it's an expensive school. I don't know exactly where they are in the red or the black, but Harley Davidson sends out like 40, 45 bikes on a two level trailer with an elevator and a full shop. Okay. And the tractor trailers being driven by the Harley certified mechanic that has say. been working in the, he like was working in Milwaukee for a long time before he got this gig. Right. And that's all he does is replace primary covers. And that's, that's a piece of the motorcycle that we scrape a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it gets scoured off. Yeah. And, um, and, and replacing clutches all like, all day because we just sure. burn them and um yeah and that was you know and that's the thing you know it's all about making sure you keep your rpms up and then you know feathering that clutch and you know feathering the rear brake a little bit so that you, you you maintain the speed you want but you're getting power to the rear wheel and i don't know i remember one of the instructors came up like he was like joking that i threw a rod or something out of the you know or <laughs> on the bike because one of the push rods because i i had my nickname ended up being like rpm or throttle because <laughs> i would exit because he was like you exited that pattern like really loud and i was like dude there is no that my rpms were high and it was like right. there's, you know what you only grade me on exiting the pattern and not hitting any cones you don't grade me on how loud it is yeah <laughs> yep. i've always i have a very healthy respect for motor cops that take that's a lot of work to go through i know that the school's hard yeah and then i can't imagine like i'm not good on a motorcycle i never have been just because i've never spent the time to do it i've never yeah. had i've never owned one of my own oh, yeah. four-wheeler guy yeah you know just because that's how i grew up i've ridden dirt bikes and shit but i've never ridden a real motorcycle on oh, the street really? ever oh, really ever ever dude ever so i i respect i respect those machines yeah for sure but i uh they scare me yeah um, but i'm honest about it yeah no they you know. i mean they they can be and the thing is man people are actively like just inattention, you know, oh, yeah. is is great. First of all, I will tell you this on a motor, you you are so invisible. Like just on a motorcycle in general, even when it's like covered in police decals, right. people don't notice it. I have surprised the shit out of so many people <laughs> on that thing. And honestly, you know, I love just cruising through traffic. Yep. And dude, I will smoke people texting while driving all day long. Oh, like yeah. I'll be right next to them. I'll just be like, <laughs> like I just watch them like read their pull their phone out, read their text, send their text, hit send, like wait for the text to come in. And I'm like hey, uh, I'm you just drove two blocks. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah. I I always get when that that state ordinance that uh, state law first came out, we got a lot of shit. Obviously, you know, people were like, "Well, you guys text on your phones, you're talking on the radio, you're working a computer, yeah. lights and sirens and everything else at the same time." Like, well, yeah, we do that every day. Yeah, we're we we're, we're trained, trained yeah. to to drive distracted. Yeah, and hopefully not crash into anything it happens it, it happens. does it does i mean i'm you know i you know i won't lie i you know you gotta you gotta make sure you're focused more on your driving than you're typing and you know and i'm not gonna pretend that i haven't been moving pretty fast to a call but i needed to like i needed information about where i was going yep. for safety reasons mm -hmm. and i have been steering with my knees while like typing with two hands and it's different where you guys are in a municipality and oh, yeah. in town versus me you oh know, yeah, a patrol truck out on the interstate or the state highway doing ninety-seven miles an hour. I can, yeah, you I, could you I, could floor it and like put the club in the steering wheel, yeah. and, <laughs> and I can 
type a two-page supplement report before I make it to the call because yeah. I'm going 45 miles to get there. And my only thing I need to worry about is hitting a deer. Yeah. Which is a big concern. It's There's a big th- concern, but you guys have some good brush guards on your vehicles, yeah. man. Those yeah, are- we do now. <laughs> we didn't always. <laughs> and I I have had many close calls, but I've, I'm going to say it out loud, I've never hit an animal. Well, I hit a raccoon one time. Okay, that's fair. That's, yeah, a big raccoon. Yeah. Didn't do any damage to me, to the truck. But, yeah, I guess it's just we spend so much time doing it that I don't even think about you know, driving distracted anymore. Yeah. It's all part of the, the training and just the way that we have to live our life when we're out working. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we, we don't even have like, they quit putting even the push bars on the front of our cars. Yeah. And so I don't know. You guys bang up a lot of cars. We bang up, we do bang up a lot of cars. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I mean, Let's see. The most recent one was the <laughs> the active shooter at that motel. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear that. Um, you know, I w- I watched the video of it, and I feel bad for that officer. That you know, it, that officer followed one officer around. So there was there were people parked on this. It was it's it's two lanes either way and a left hand turn lane at the intersection. Okay. And the first officer went through lights and sirens. And the light, I think, was red or turning green as he went through. And he goes through and he goes around the, I don't think there was anybody in the turn lane. So I think he, no, there was somebody in the turn lane. So they had to go into oncoming. And then he goes back into the intersection and goes mm-hmm. through and he's fine. And as soon as he goes through, he's, the light has turned green at this point, And the dude in the inside lane of travel just decides he's just going to scoot <laughs> and just, and just, Right, right on the tail of that cop. So then officer two comes around following the first cop. And now all of a sudden this officer is boxed in by the, the dude in his pickup truck that was going through. Right. And now is facing three rows of of oncoming traffic and can't get over and just bounces off that truck because it's icy. Yep. Yeah, that was shitty that day. That was, it was shitty cold. that day. It was like a whiteout. Yeah, it was. During dude. that cold snap, so, yeah. it was like 15 below that day. Yeah, the road was frozen. It was a blizzard. I had just, just repacked all of my SRT gear from the <laughs> call out we went on for, for you guys. Oh, yeah, just right before that. Yeah. I had gone out. We were out doing a search warrant on a sex assault case mm-hmm. and got back to the office <clears throat> and with all the evidence. We're getting ready to yeah. start going through evidence and... uh I hear, here comes the underboss, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, uh, over there screaming on the radio at this hotel about some dude running around with a gun. You might want to go over there. He's like, what the fuck? Right? Like, because somebody had ordered lunch, so there's like a big pile of Taco John's. So I'm like, yeah, lunch. Yeah. Like, like a true detective. Yeah. And it was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> so I ran back out to the car and piled on my gear and went running over there to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And turned out to be... I'm not going to so say it was n- not, so not nothing. What, it was so nothing. Yeah. It was not at all what was reported to no. us, but there was some communication loss because the the witness yeah. or victim was deaf. Yeah. So there was <laughs> there's yeah. a lot that got lost in translation. So I don't even know how much the victim witness air quotes I don't know how much that person spoke ASL. Yeah. Um and I know the manager of that motel also did not. Yeah. But it's also, this is a motel that we've had numerous shootings at already. Yep. I mean, one of my, one of my favorite capers on that one was like a drug robbery gone terribly wrong. (laughs) 
which was you know fairly recent. Just somebody just literally running down the hallway, shooting over their shoulder. Right. Like, oh, this could happen. <laughs> I mean, it's not out of character. No. For this particular it's, location, and it that used to be when I was a kid, and we would come to town. For family reunions, oh, yeah. that was a nice hotel. That was a really nice, nice hotel. hotel. I think I don't know if that one was originally the Holiday Inn. Yeah, it was before, the Holiday yeah, Inn before. Yeah, but it, it's still it's like it has that really nice inner courtyard. Yeah, and you know, really nice pool it's area. Got a nice, yeah, nice pool and yeah. it's bar game room. It's it's just falling off. It could be so it 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 has the potential to be quite swanky. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm sure it's on my body cam. Like when we're holding we're holding that room. You know, we're sticking up that room and <laughs> ushering commands. I was like, does anybody else smoke weed? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I got I got up there. Was like, where where are you guys? And luckily, there was other SRT. You and you and were already there. Yeah. So I'm like, somebody give me a side of the building number because we number the sides yeah. like similar to what firefighters do. So I'm like, I need to know where I'm going so I know which side to come in on. Yeah. Is there something that I need to cover that somebody isn't yet? Like, those are things that I'm thinking about. And I got linked up with one of the canine guys, and I was like, all right, all right. This, is, this is okay. If we get somebody that bolts out down the hallway <laughs> out of one of these rooms, then I know I'm good because I'm not a runner either. Yeah. We were just talking about that before we started started recording that I'm not I'm not speedy. No, I'm not <laughs> I'm not fast. I I have maintained a level of cardiovascular fitness that even in all of the gear that we wear, which at this point is around forty pounds. Yeah. That's our regular I'm sorry, that's my street gear. I'm not even talking about like my SRT gear, yep. which has gotta be eighty. With all the shit, I don't even know. I, I haven't weighed it in a long time, yeah. but we got new rigs since yeah. then. So I mean, it's kit. you know when I you know when you take in ammo kit, rifle, the you know the hard plates, every you know helmet, everything. I mean, it's you're carrying some stuff anyway. By street gear, weighs forty pounds with the vest and the ammo and the yeah. belt and everything. Radio, yeah. So I can jog wearing an extra forty pounds. And hopefully keep my bad guy in sight till he's gassed. Yeah. You know, like that's, you know, like you, all of my foot pursuits have ended with him giving up and then me puffing up, to, you know, like 15 seconds later, like, all right, lay down. I've always, <laughs> I've always tried to maintain, I've always kept it in mind from day one, depending on what's going on. Yeah. I try not to sprint full out because mm -mm. I know that I'm going to need some gas when I get there. There's going to be case, a fight at the end of this race. Yep. In case I got to put the habeas grabus on some dick yeah. bag. I, I yeah. know, I know that generally I'm going to have to save some fight for that. Yeah. And I've been, I've been, I, I don't know, lucky or unlucky that I've only had a handful of like probably six or seven real foot pursuits. Yeah. And that 90% of them have been at fucking fair. I can believe that, yep. God. That's the one time you guys get to like live a oh, city cop life. Fuck, man. <laughs> Fucking foot patrol for eight to ten hours. That's usually ten hours for four or five days of county fair. Dude, I every every dirt bag in the fucking county is yeah. like, you know what we need to do? We need to go down to fair. Yeah, I am not gonna lie to you, bro. Like, I mean, that's a big deal here, though. Like, that's yeah, like it the, it's like a year festival. This is our Mardi Gras. And everybody's coming to it. And I mean, people wait for that from everybody becomes a kid again. You know, like your, your eight year old kid is like, when's the, when's the fair coming? Yep. Yeah. 28 year old junkies. Mm, fair's coming. <laughs> I need me a funnel cake. Yeah. God damn it. Oh, dude. Oh, fair food. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You have no idea. You guys would never have to work fair overtime if you open that contract up to city cops. Oh, yeah. We would do the shit out of that, man. Well, in 90, almost every day. 
we get into some shit and end up calling for help because yeah. there's, you know, a handful of us. Well, I won't lie, dude. I remember, I remember like when I started, it, it seemed that your guys like SOP was just like, just push these guys right over the line. Cause so what people don't understand is the fairgrounds where in our jurisdiction are located within the city limits. Yep. It is county jurisdiction inside city limits. And it's what? 15 acres? Um, of the total grounds. The yeah, total grounds. I would say probably about, like, yeah. You know, that includes the grandstands where they have the rodeo and, and all of the buildings. Like no, the actual- I'd say it's it's bigger than that. Yeah. It's it's probably closer to probably twice that, 30 okay, or 40. 30, it's pretty big. 30, okay, all right. It's fairly big. I mean, the midway itself is is maybe, you know, where, where all of the, the shitheads generally congregates, maybe, what, five acres? Yeah, you yeah, know? just on the midway. Yeah. And that's, they don't go to the rodeo. No. It's usually the the po- folks coming for the rodeo are not the ones. They're not my problem. Pro- no, they're not the problem. People might wander in on the days like where they got like free rodeo tickets from the radio station or yeah. something. So radio stations will hand those out, but they'll like wander through the grandstand and realize that they don't care about the rodeo, and then they'll yeah. go back to the midway. Now the demolition derby is a completely different fucking story. Oh yeah, because that is a <laughs> such a fucking weird thing. Demolition. I mean, when you think about it, a demolition derby is such a fucking oddity oh it is but it is the more people will come out for the fucking derby than they do for the christmas parade yeah you know it is and it's always been that way in every county in this state everywhere that i've lived which has been several over the years the derby is always you know it's held it's like a religious experience for all (laughs) of these fucking people and i've never understood it because it's it's carnage man people and now you know we're getting to the point when i was a teenager going to derbies and a kid, it was old 70s cars. Yeah. And they would last a long fucking yeah. time. Yeah, because they were cars like, still yeah. had some they steel. Were, yeah, they were solid steel frame with, you know, quarter inch steel body panels. And you know? now you go to a derby and it's like a fucking 99 Grand Prix. Yeah. That's, you know, 85% plastic just getting the shit cracked out of it. Yeah. And it's, it's still mildly entertaining, but from a law enforcement yeah. perspective of, I just don't fucking understand the no, appeal. It's, it's not like watching like a 72 cutlass just <laughs> jam itself into a Ford Maverick, you know? Yep. But I, every year at fair, because that's, it's my, I said it before on a previous episode, it's my penance for every bad thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> it, 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 being an investigator, I get inside to have to go work fair now every summer. We didn't have it last year because of COVID. And that's yeah. the first time that they've yeah. ever canceled fair. And, I wish I could put up a fucking sign at the gate that said, "Put enact a county ordinance that says it's a fucking law that you have to wear deodorant. <laughs> because the people come, I'm like, my God, because it's in July. Yeah, it's in July. It's on blacktop. It's on blacktop. There's, di- there's roasting. diesel generators running all over the place to it's, electrify it's, those rides. sticky because yeah. some kid spilled his lemonade and his, yeah. dropped his smoked turkey leg yeah. and his funnel cake on the ground dipping dots everywhere yeah. it's disgusting it's disgusting it is it's it's a it's a brilliant the demolition derby is, harkens back to like the you know roman coliseum and the fair is just the fair is <laughs> it is it's a fucking roman spectacle yeah. that's the best way to put it <laughs> but yeah. two years ago when i worked fair last i had so much fun because we were out like i just had a different mindset about it it wasn't just, let's just push this problem over the line into city jurisdiction. Yeah, I mean, we dealt with a lot of kids. And it was all these fucking kids. Dude, juveniles, I'm not even going to get started on juveniles. Oh, man. we're going to have to. Like, yeah, it, all right. Because it just... It's becoming yeah. a problem, dude. It's a huge problem. And these kids were like, 
the only saving grace is that that year that was just before we started T&E and body cams. Uh, so we were out working fair and didn't have body cams. Cause if we did have body cams, there's a, <laughs> those complaints were legit. Let's just put it that way. Fair enough. Um, and these fucking kids, you know, they'd be, they were all shadow boxing the whole time. Like, and from a distance, it looks like they're fighting. Yeah. So I'd go zipping over there on foot as fast yeah. as I can, you know, 200 pounds. And get over there and be like, hey. 240. Yeah. <laughs> With all that shit on. And my my uh, restaurant shoes, my Dr. Scholl's <laughs> restaurant shoes, because that's what I wear when I work fair. And get over there and figure out that they're just fucking around. Be like, what's your name? You've been warned. I need to I need to get your name so I can put it on the board at Fairbase. Mm-hmm. So that if I catch you out here doing this shit again, whatever it is, you're gone. You're not coming back until next year. And they'd be like, fuck you. I don't have to tell you my name. They're like, okay, then you can leave. If you're not going to tell me your name and identify yourself, then you're fucking out. I don't care what your name is. Yeah. I know what your face is. Snap and take a picture with my cell phone. Yeah. Bounce yep. I got you. You're you're gone. And those, God, those little fucking turds are so mouth. If I just spoke to somebody like that when I was 13, oh, dude. I would have woke up the next day. Yeah. Dude, the problem is nobody. I mean, we they're at a discussion about dueling, man. I mean, Robert Heinlein said an, an armed society is a polite society. And uh, it, you know, and also, you know, like anything that like eliminated 400 French people a year can't be a bad thing. <laughs> That's a joke. I love French people. But the, uh, yeah, I mean, like if you have to back up your manners with your ass. Yeah. You find people become a lot more mannerly. Yeah. You know, it's it's just beyond respect you know, and, and I'm not saying, you know, we, I'm not saying we should have to back up. You should, you should have good manners to have good manners and pay it forward and be a decent human being, but, you know, but you should also not molest children because it's the right thing to do, but we do have to have laws against it. You know, like, you know, I mean, the, that's true. The fact of the matter is like, you should also not have sex with horses, but apparently we have to legislate that as well. Yeah. That's, um, it's pending. Not, it's not illegal in our state. Yeah. It's fucking weird yeah well again though you know like it's like <laughs> you know it's it's like there are places that have you know that they have laws against you know necrophilia and you're like w- i mean I, I i'm not saying i disagree with the law because that's wrong but was it a it's a is it a problem that's so <laughs> on a side note i was flipping through instagram this morning i was I woke up I was having my coffee and flipping through instagram and this girl uh that i follow had posted a like a infographic about you know it's not illegal to have sex with farm animals in most states but mm-hmm. smoking marijuana in your own home is a felony you know no, that sort of smoking well, marijuana is not like, a felony unless may, you have a certain amount of it well that's so she's making the correlation between all these other crimes yeah. you know on that well she didn't she just reposted it yeah so then she gets on a video and on her story and she's she's like i don't mean to downplay what these people are trying to get across but they specifically focused on farm animals in the in the post so it doesn't say anything about wild animals she's <laughs> like so i guess that the the assumption would be like if you're gonna go out and you know try to fuck a bear then that's between you and the bear <laughs> <laughs> and it yeah. was like that's on you you do you yeah and i i did kind of laugh it's like yeah she's right there's no distinction that like about it's you all know, domesticated you need to get animals a fish, you need to get a fishing game guy on the show and find out because i actually that's the thing i think that might be like, you know, like that wild animals, I think that actually is illegal. You know, like I think there's a, you know. I don't know. That's, you know. I I've know dealt you, with a lot of game and fish shit, like 
in my time, just dealing with, you know, being a deputy sheriff out dealing with people during hunting season, but never caught anybody fucking a deer or a elk or anything like that. That would be an interesting perspective. I know a couple of those guys. Maybe we'll get them on the show. Yeah, exactly. That's At yeah. least they could tell you the legality of it. Maybe. I, maybe. Yeah. If it's something that they've ever yeah. dealt with. <laughs> yeah. I I had to laugh at that's that. That's a point. Would you arrest that it, dude? Like, that's or a would good you... point. Yeah. That's a really good point. It doesn't say anything about, you know, going out and catching a coyote or something yeah. like that and trying to fuck it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you do you, you, man. Yeah. That's... All right. But. Going back to what we were talking yeah. about, about these juveniles, we have run into so many cases this year of, you know, 13, 14, 15-year-old kids car hopping, stealing cars, Dude. stealing guns, and then they're all trying to, you know, build up and rep the street yeah. cred on Snapchat, oh, yeah. and they're fucking waving guns around, and Dude, somebody's going to get hurt. Well, somebody has gotten hurt. So let's just talk about, like, what's happened in the last year. Just over a year ago, we had a, a juvenile get shot in the stomach at a party. Oh, yeah. A little I bit, forgot about a that. A little bit, bef- uh, a while before that. It's been several years, but it was a party, and an idiot was, was, was flashing around a gun, and he ended up accidentally discharging it and hit a kid across the room right between the eyes um, who was passed out on the sofa. Like, a shot he could not have made had he meant to. Yeah. You know. Uh, that was, but but within the last year, so we had a juvenile get shot in the stomach at a party, um, and there, you know, there's, you know, issues with uh, proven intent on that one. I don't want to get in that investigation. That's not my investigation. There's, but you know, right? It's one of those things where we know that there's absolute intent to do it, but proven intent is difficult. Um, I had a 15 year old who uh, used a gun that was taken, presumably by him, uh, in a burglary, a residential burglary. And uh, he stuck up two other juveniles. He, he had them coming over. He had uh, posted some shoes online for sale. And when they came over, <laughs> he stuck them up on the, the front on the front porch of his trailer. One of them, and then took their shoes and like cell phones. One of them wasn't getting his shoes off fast enough, so he pistol whipped him. Yeah, um, with this stolen pistol. And, and again, this is a fifteen year old. Like this is not somebody who like his frontal lobe is like you know, formed fully that he can think down the road of like, what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, I even asked him, I was like, you know, cause by the way, side note on this one, before I continue with the list of juvenile involved firearms crimes that we've had, <laughs> um, uh, I had his co-conspirator, uh, the person who was with him, uh, gave up everything. Right. And the two other juveniles that got stuck up said, we know this, person we've had in our like we know who it was but you know like no problem identifying him all three the co-conspirator and the two victims their stories line up perfectly no problem we have this guy cold right do you know what his plea agreement was for Mm -mm. misdemeanor theft so i had him i arrest him on aggravated assault and aggravated robbery times two good god with and uh felony possession of a stolen firearm yeah so i've got him on four felonies yeah yes one count of Ju- misdemeanor theft. Juvenile court. Yeah. I deal with this on juvenile and juvenile sex assault cases oh, all the dude. time, which I'm sure you've had several of those too. I have, thank God, no, dude. I work, the, the person's crimes that I have worked that were real person's crimes, um, that actually, actually happened that weren't person's crimes that uh, coincided, you know, that were delayed reportings that uh, the reporting miraculously coincided with custody but disputes and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, or just, uh, you know, crazy reporter, uh, the person's crimes that I've been assigned have all been by accident. Cause we have a call out schedule. So oh, right. I do 
I do property crimes, or I did do property crimes. That's right. And That's I focus right. primarily on on stolen guns. Like, I would deal with tools and stuff like that, but the, the guns, the stolen guns kept me busy. Oh, yeah. Like, I deal with job site burglaries and stuff like that, but um, I did it for a guy recently. I took him into our computer system, and I was like, okay, so here's our classification for stolen, sure, not recovered, and let's do in the last six months. And mm-hmm. it stopped at, a, at at 60 and said too many lists to manage like all right well let's see let's do three months and all i did was pistols this was my this was this i didn't even do firearms in general i, I, I narrowed it down to pistols yep pistols stolen not recovered and then i narrowed it down to three months still more than the uh system can show the you. system can yep. show me at any one time which is 60 yeah which is 60 so Jesus. in the last in the last three months more than 60 Stolen, not recovered pistols yep. in my jurisdiction. Holy shit! Which again, a small town, like it's a small town, and the, and these idiots are. I'm not so for the listeners that aren't familiar with certain law enforcement things. We have a, there's a thing called E Trace through ATF, and that's every, the the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. That's right. They, yep. They and, they ruin all the fun. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so every time somebody who has a federal firearms license, which is a, a dealer's license for firearms, every time a firearm passes through them to someone else, it has to go into this this database. And it doesn't just automatically go into a database. Like an ATF agent has to physically go and pull, pull the records and go backwards. So like, let's say it was sold at, the, it was last sold at a, at a, you know, shop, like at a pawn shop. And so they'll, pull the records from the, that pawn shop and then they'll have to go and, or maybe they do it the other way. They're like, all right, it's a Glock. So it was impor- imported by Glock in Smyrna, Georgia. Yeah, and they'll they, say, they, they start from yeah, the beginning. Yeah. They start from the importer and then they're like, all right, so it went from Georgia to Tennessee. So we'll go to, you know, and then they, they trace. So sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it, it, it doesn't. I remember there were some juveniles that uh, we uh, apprehended in a stolen vehicle with mm-hmm. a couple of firearms and uh, some of the firearms we were able to people who actually had their serial numbers. Yeah, um, that's another issue. Yeah, that's side note for listeners. If you buy a firearm, document the serial number. So what somewhere? I, you, know, you know what? Take a picture of it. Email it to yourself. Glock serial number. Yep. And then when it gets stolen, because you're dummy and you leave in your center console. Yeah. Um, and you leave your door unlocked. And you leave your door unlocked. Parked on fu- the street with your fucking keys in the ignition. Yeah. Um. And your debit card. Yeah. Uh. The then you you email it to yourself and then the cops say hey do you have a serial number and you say i ah, i do and you go into your your email and you search glock serial number it's not hard yep and um so yeah so there were some that we knew were stolen and then there was one that we you know presumed stolen cuz it was in the hands of a 15 year old in a stolen car yep and um so i run the e trace on it 2 weeks later i get the e trace back and i call the owner of the firearm up and I was like, Hey, can you tell me about such and such gun? And he's like, what about it? I'm like, well, where is it? <laughs> it's in my truck. Motherfucker. <laughs> right. You know? Like you go ahead and like, are, are you on a cordless phone? Yeah. You go ahead and go well, check. And I'll stay a, on the line. Exactly. Well, I was like, I was like, no, it's not. Cause I'm looking at it. Yep. And, um, He's like, well, I was like, well, I recovered this, you know, and, uh, and like this, I mean, this dude in particular, like I, he's like, I'll call you back. And like, I could hear his <laughs> engine starting his tires squeal. And he, uh, he called me back 10 minutes later, which means he was definitely speeding. Right. Um, from where he worked 
to where his home was. <laughs> and um, uh, he was definitely disregarding some traffic laws. And yeah. he he calls me up. He's like, yeah, I, I just got I just checked my truck and it's gone. And I was like, well, when was the last time you see it? And and because he was like trying to like figure it. And so he's like trying to figure it out. He's like, well, it wasn't that long. And I was like, well, I've had it for two weeks. Right. You know, I mean, so not to make, you know, like we, you know, I'm all for responsible firearm ownership, but yeah. You know, I mean, the guns that are in my safe, I lay eyes on more than every two weeks. Uh, I can't necessarily say that. Um, I have misplaced firearms before. It must my, be a nice my, problem to have. Like, well, this was so before many. I had. Well, yeah, I was a younger <laughs> man. I had a lot more firearms, and it was before I had kids. Mm. So I, you know, me being slightly paranoid in those mm. younger days, <laughs> I had guns fucking stashed in my house. Right. And I had gone out to <laughs> when the you're ra- selling crack. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't always a cop. <laughs> I had gone out to the range and shot this pistol, and then I put it in my ammo can. Ah, uh. you know, and then brought the ammo can home and threw it in the spare room. And like two months later, I'm looking in the safe, like where the fuck is that pistol? <laughs> and I couldn't find it for like another yeah. month until I was going through something open. That ammo can was like, oh, there it is. Yeah, I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah, I didn't report it stolen, thank God, because it was. It has to yeah. be in here somewhere. Yeah, because I I always make sure that they're at least in my house and I keep good company. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, it's it was many years ago. Yeah, no, and that's the thing, man. I mean, people are leave they leave their and I'm all for if you want to have a, like a like a, a couch gun and a front door gun and a kitchen gun and a shower gun. <laughs> I mean, I've seen psycho fuck it. Have a shower gun, man. And <laughs> uh, you know, I'm all for it, you know. Uh and I'm if you want to keep a gun in your car, that's great, but don't don't leave it in your unlocked vehicle yep. with the keys in the cup holder. Or, I mean, like, there was one dude who was going around, and he had he had stolen several cars, all with the... It's like, we don't have any gone in 60 seconds crew here. No, there's nobody that's, you that's know, popping an ignition on a car. No, I mean, no. It, it, I, it's so... And, in fact, somebody who's actually stealing cars for profit is so noticeable. Like, I mean, it's noteworthy. Like, you're like... Yeah. Like, somebody who actually, like, had a connect. There was that one guy, and we ended up doing, like, the search warrant out on his place out mm-hmm. northwest, that he that he was actually running cars down and trading them for dope yep. down in Colorado. And those people had a connection to like chop shops. Yeah. Like nobody here does like, they just like this guy had like his own like network of self-service Ubers around right. town is what he was doing. He was stealing them and then parking them places. And yep. like one of them we recovered. And the, the reason he was able to steal it is it was a Chrysler product and the owner misplaced their key fob in the vehicle yeah. and never never like well i guess it's in the car because every time i get in the car i can start it so i'm not too concerned about it yeah and so while he's burglarizing that vehicle and he drove to that person's neighborhood in a different stolen vehicle where he yep. found the keys like in the ignition or in the cup holder yep and so then he takes he's like oh this is nicer than the car i did just stole i'll just take <laughs> this one you know and there'd been more than one specifically actually specifically chrysler products like there's it's people who are doing the auto burglaries yep they'll they're like well you know i mean it's got a push button start let's just see and yep. they'll, they'll hit they'll push the brake they'll hit the start button and the, the, car, fire, the car fires up and they take off yeah i had so i had a case with juveniles mm-hmm. a let's see 14 year old and a 15 year old there was other kids involved but these mm-hmm. were the two that i ended up charging and they would go car hopping mm-hmm. in a uh residential neighborhood mm-hmm. in my jurisdiction and they just go car to car in the middle of the night, you know, because we're only 
we're a small agency. We don't have time to have people to patrol all, their, no. all the time. No. And they go to this one car several months prior to when they ended up getting busted with this truck. So they're rooting through the truck and they find the spare keys. So they don't take anything from the truck except for the keys. Mm. They hang on to the <clears throat> keys because they figure out that the keys are to that truck. See that. And they're like, oh, well, we'll just come back, mm-hmm. you know, when it's convenient. And so every so often they keep checking back on this truck and they're like, okay, the keys still work because they would unlock it, mm-hmm. you know, and get into it. Because the guy was like, yeah, well, I got into it a couple months ago and things had been rooted around, you know, it looked yeah. different, but I figured it was just my wife. Did you ask your wife? No. <laughs> like <laughs> you would think to. So they come back eventually and they take the truck and they've got it for two or three days. And I mean, it was brilliant because we get, it gets reported that they're driving this stolen truck. The guy puts it out on Facebook. Oh yeah. You know, with pictures of the truck, somebody see his buddy that's like in this other neighborhood in town, sees the truck and calls it in. Our guys go over there, jam these kids up in the truck. They run. One of them had a stolen gun with an obliterated serial number. Right. You know, they ended up getting like five minutes in jail for the whole thing. Yeah. But I got their phones because on top of everything else that I do, I'm a digital forensic examiner. So I get to go through people's phones. And I find where they both paired their phones to the Bluetooth. (laughs) In the stolen vehicle. (laughs) In the fucking stolen vehicle. was like, you fucking morons. Oh man! Like, I, I might yeah. be, I might be giving our, you know, some secrets away. That's fine. I don't fucking care because oh. you're still gonna do it anyway. Because yeah. you're gonna rock yeah. your fucking trap music in your yeah. piece of shit stolen truck. It wasn't a nice truck to begin with, dude. They, but these dudes took one of them was a juvenile, one wasn't, and we tried the this one. We actually tried the juvenile as an adult. This was actually, in my opinion, a win for us. Um, I mean, it was like the fifth time we arrested him for car theft. But, yeah. Um. The uh, these little idiots did post because so I I I do social media exploitation mm. so where Drew does stuff with the actual the device. physical device yeah I write search warrants to the social media companies yep. and, I do that too but and, you you yeah. like the go buys that I got and the boilerplate warrant language yeah. I got it from you because okay, it was yeah. like hey man like I know you're into this I know that you do good work with it and you get a ton of Intel yeah so I came to you and that's when I started one of the first cases that I was working Snapchat stuff was yeah. that case yeah and that's I mean Facebook Snapchat Google um, all of the you know what I love about the what I love about the third party stuff is like when they when they keep it on their device like I need the actual device and I need to give it to one of you guys yep and they know I have it but all of this stuff that they send through a third party, like I just contact the third party. I give them the motion to preclude so that they can't tell because yep. you know, that they're like, our policy is to notify the account holder unless you give us a motion to preclude. So I get a judge to sign that at the same time yep. they sign the search warrant. I'm like, nope, can't tell them. Yeah, we and, we call it an order to seal. It's yeah. the same thing. And uh they and so they can't notify the account. So the accountant holder has no idea that the third party company through which they're going has provided me with gigabytes <laughs> of information. <laughs> Yep. You know, photos, videos, messages, all of that stuff. All that yeah. stuff that they think deletes automatically. Like, I have no problem because here's the thing, man. It's going to be a long time before any of the people I'm investigating listen to our awesome podcast. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it's it's absolutely, dude, it's the best. It's yep. I swear to God, dude, when they figure this shit out, I'm going to have to go back to, like, doing, like, actual police work. Like, Dude, I got, I had a case just recently, and I got six years of data yeah. from Snapchat. 
six years, yeah. which is unhurt for those yeah. people that are listening. If you get 10 days, that's remarkable. Yeah. I got six years worth of data from Snapchat on that case. I remember on somebody's Facebook account, um, God, Facebook was the best dude. I remember this was somebody's Facebook messenger and it was like two, it was two people talking and <laughs> Hey, I know some, I know this dude we can, uh, who's selling weed, we can rock, totally rob. And he's like, <laughs> well, how much do weed and stuff does he have? He's got tons of weed and tons of money. Well, does he have any guns or dogs? Is he a crazy guy? No, dude, and we'll wear masks. He'll totally not know it's us. <laughs> and it was like, I think I've got my conspiracy. <laughs> the word of the day is conspiracy. Because <laughs> remember, uh, what was it? Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Yeah. Oh God, dude. <laughs> and then there was one, there was one dude I was contacting with my UC account, um, and uh, this this guy was selling weed and acid and coke, and um, so I hit him up on my UC account, and uh, it's undercover. And I say, who by the way is a totally hot chick, because <laughs> um, you catch more flies. Yeah, that's, with right, that's right. Um, and um, I will say the unsolicited dick pics is definitely a drawback to using that, though. Yeah, but at the same time, that's the. I didn't send those messages. Really? And you show them the phone. Like, pretty sure that's you. Because it's usually got their face in it, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, kind of yeah. hard to argue yeah. with. Um, the, uh, but the, uh, yeah, because I, I, I used, I used com common codes. Oh, yeah. You know, and I, I said, yo, I heard you were hanging out with my friends, uh, Mary Jane and Lucy. So everybody knows Mary Jane's slang for weed. And uh, Lucy uh, is slang for acid. Yeah. And um, he's, uh, I was like, I heard you're hanging out with my friends, Mary Jane and Lucy. He's like, oh, no, I'm at my mom's house. I don't even know who they are. <laughs> so then I respond like, I heard you had weed and acid for sale. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got those. How much do you want? <laughs> like, I was like, well, how much is it? And then he's like, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like $15 a gram, $10 a tab. Okay. It was like, That's I tried, I tried to code and he's like, and I was like, do you have any illegal drugs? Yeah. I do have illegal drugs. How much do you, illegal drugs do you want to buy? <laughs> <laughs> it was always funny, like, doing UC work and stuff like that. Because you'd hit people up and be like, hey, man, I'm looking for a game. You know? Mm -hmm. and they'd be like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. But like... I would like to purchase one eighth of an ounce of methamphetamine. And like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, yeah, I got that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I totally have that. Just, just one eighth. I could, you know, yeah, I could do good with the eight ball. Like I mean, are, yeah. It's like that, uh, the scene from Pirates of the Caribbean. It was like, you are by far the worst pirate I've ever dealt with. <laughs> yes. You know, like yeah. you are by far the worst fucking drug dealer I've ever, yeah, I've ever come across. And they're like, yeah. but you've heard of me. Like, yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's fantastic. It's just like yeah. I wish it's like you know. Yeah, I want to buy some illegal drugs. Well, how much? Well, what are your illegal drugs cost? I will charge you this much for illegal drugs. <laughs> and then the best was when I worked wiretaps. When oh, I was yeah. so up at dope, working dope. And uh, you'd hear them, they'd be talking, and they'd be like, hey, man, did you hear that? Did you hear that click? <laughs> and they're like, fucking cops are listening. They got a wire on my phone. And you're just like, you'd stop. You'd you're be like, monitoring oh, no. the call like, you know, it's not like they can take the wire out it's not a yeah, physical it's not a physical thing. <laughs> you know also and then they, they'd our, be like, our wiretaps don't click <laughs> and they'd be like ah eh, fuck it like fuck you pigs you know like, yeah. if you're listening huh they'd have a good laugh and then you'd play that call for them later once they got arrested like, yeah you remember that yeah. like yeah we heard that <laughs> yeah we thought it was funny too yeah we also thought it was, <laughs> what we thought was the funniest is that you're like the cops are listening anyway the, <laughs> i'm gonna trip down 
and uh and yep. pick up like a pound and then we'll bring it back and it's like yeah like, like you, you got my money yeah you know, that doesn't stop them at all no they, they at do all, have dude. that that uh preventative thought for a moment yeah but it's only for a moment yeah it's very very short dude yeah it, no i love i had speaking circling back to the people stealing the keys and then coming back for the car yeah um that was one of like my craziest fucking capers in investigations because like i said i do property crime right and um i don't do person's crime and so i was tracking this dude who was actually this was actually fairly clever on his part he was he was deliberately targeting older people if he could he did get one dude who was in his late 30s early 40s i think but in general he was targeting senior citizens sure he would break into their house and he would take nothing but their car keys um, and, and even the most enthusiastic, most compassionate cop goes to some, you know, like septuagenarian sure. and, and, and is looking around and is like, well, I had a, an envelope full of hundreds here and he didn't take any of those right. and, and my DVD player and my laptop, everything's here except my car keys. And like right. the most, the most enthusiastic cop who's dedicated to it is like, okay, old timer. You're saying somebody broke into your house, no sign of forced entry, took nothing of value except your car keys. Right. All right, we'll get right on this. They're already shooting a hole in the victim's credibility. Yeah, yeah. you know, and um, which sucks. It he, does. It does suck. You yeah. know, and I mean, you got to take everybody seriously. But I mean, I mean, shit, dude. I think about how many times I lose my car keys and I'm not even senile. Yeah. You know, and that's I lost. Did you hear that last call out? So we had that. Oh call, yeah, we yeah, had yeah the Bearcat keys. We had, <laughs> <laughs> I'll dime myself out on this one. I'm, I'm fine with it. We had a call out right around New Year's, and it was fucking cold. So I was wearing a coat underneath all my gear, and every guy on our on our SWAT team is issued a set of keys for the Bearcat, which is our tactical response vehicle. I haven't gotten mine yet, and that's a really good decision. Really? Yeah, that's well, I'm. <laughs> being your team leader, I may have to fix that. Anyway, I'm just a really good decision not to give it to me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so I like in the haste of that call, I'm getting geared down and everything. Cause we're freezing to death, literally freezing to death, like to the ground. Yeah. Um, I put my keys somewhere that I never put them. I put them in the pocket of that jacket. But that night in the course of what was going on, I ripped a fucking hole in the, it's a down puffy coat. Oh yeah. I ripped a hole in it. So I stopped wearing it. I bought another one. So it just went like in the closet and we get, we had that previous call out and mm-hmm. I was like, I know they're in here somewhere. It's just, we didn't have time to find them. We were QRF, me, you and another guy and jumped out and I was like, fuck it. I'll find them later. Well, that night when we had this last call out, I was like looking for my keys cause we yeah. got put on an early standby. Yeah. So I'm looking for my keys cause I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to run to the shop and get the bear cat and I can't find my keys and I can't find my keys. So then I'm tearing the house apart. Yeah. Like, you know, I got my greens on and I'm running around the house. Like I cannot find my fucking keys. Now I'm panicking. Yeah. So we get to staging and, or at the office and I tell my TL at the time, I'm like, Hey bro, I know this is the last thing you're going to want to hear right now because this was right after we'd had the conversation about moving me up to team leader. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, uh, so I'm kind of going to shoot myself in the foot, but I lost my fucking keys a to the shop and B to the bear cat and to the range and to the third floor training room <laughs> like because that set of keys has got like all that yeah. know, all my extra keys that i don't need every day right right it's like i fucking lost them brother gone and knowing that my team leader has also lost several sets of keys in the past it was yeah. like i know i could tell you and you're not going to get too mad at me but 
when the boss showed up and I'm like, Hey man, I feel obligated to tell you yeah. that I may have lost a set of keys to our $370,000 tactical <laughs> response vehicle and <laughs> the keys that entered the building that it's locked in. That's bad. And he's like, yeah, you need to find those. I'm like, well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> So I was racking my brain through that whole call. I wasn't thinking about shit. Like I wasn't worried about what was going on. The crazy dude in the house. Like we got gassed by our own dudes. None of that shit. No. All I'm thinking was like, where did I have those fucking keys yeah, last? Just sweating. And it dawned on me. Like as we were headed back to staging, I'm riding on the back of the Bearcat. And I'm like, I know right where they are. They're in the pocket of that fucking jacket that I wore on that last call out in December. And uh, sure shit. I get home, Beautiful. like run home. Pick the jacket up, jingle, jingle, oh. jingle. It's like, yes. Oh, my, yes. dude, your balls descend out of like <laughs> right below your lungs back to their normal spot. You're like, oh. So all I did was send a picture of the keys to my TL and my <laughs> team commander. It was like, I'm good. They were like, oh, thank Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. No, I remember you talking about that when we, I mean, I was just excited that, not for nothing, man. I was very, very happy that uh, our our TL was driving the bus on that one because it was like I expected to be standing around for another forty five to ninety minutes, <laughs> you know, negotiator issuing commands at a house, you know, like yep. uh, over the PA. And then he was like, "All right, yeah, get the get the ram on the front of that Bearcat, get gas ready." Yeah. Like, oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, we got the ram ready. I mean, yeah, it's cool. We'll do that. Okay. Yeah, you're a go on the ramp. Get that front door open. <laughs> what? <laughs> that one was fun, man. So the like, on-duty sergeant, he'd been around. I mean, he'd been around for a minute. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he he stepped out. He said he was the worst looky-loo on that side. He was like, he was like, I ain't never seen this before. <laughs> like, I'm going to, like, he's like, new guy, new guy, come here. You're going to want to see this. Because <laughs> yeah, he had a trainee. Or yeah. some, somebody there had yeah. a trainee. Yeah. He's like, yeah, bring him here. He's going to want to see this. Well, and that's one of the things. We talked about it, you know, last week at training this week at training it came up was like hey um you know we've got all these new guys on you guys' yeah. agency on patrol like so they they don't recycle their their officer numbers right and they have more since i started with the office the officer numbers at your agency have literally doubled yeah i since the time i started there. and that's i i i got i I'm, I'm either i just got lapped or i'm about to yeah like i don't know if these guys have officially been i sworn think in so not, but i I think so. Yeah, but so I, another yeah. hundred badge numbers past yours. Yeah, another hundred guys have been hired. Yeah, um, in between the time that I came in, I'm not, not going to lie to you too. Like when I look at like the, so we're we're classified as a midsize agency, and we have like slots for complete swarm, which includes our admin. So our chiefs, our chief captains, lieutenants, we have. I think they've upped it to like a hundred and eight. Yeah, and and that makes us a midsize agency. Most agencies in the country, most agencies in the country, municipal agencies in the country are about this size. Yeah. Some some a little bit more, some you know less, but most of them are about this size. And it's a population probably sixty five, maybe seventy thousand. With yeah, with, so within our juris, our official jurisdiction, it's about right now with the downturn in the in the local economy, is I would say we're probably around sixty. Yeah. Um, maybe 65 and then we and then we are deputized for the county and we do have some neighboring municipalities and then we have the 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 county in the area that we work in yeah and and then not for nothing but because of where we are in a fairly rural area we have there are certain times of the month where people come from all over the state to enjoy our walmart and target <laughs> yes you people know. people from we're we're kind of trying to think of a nice way to put this we are we're we're just geographically we are 
a hub yeah. geographically for a lot of significantly smaller communities. Yeah, in the in the surrounding counties within 200 miles of yeah. where we live. Yeah, um, and and so it it's worthwhile for them to make the. I mean, it's a it's a it's a fun little day trip or weekend trip for them to yep. come and visit and cause mayhem. Plus, we have several. We have some national sporting events here, and we yep. have. Uh, some state sport because again we're like a hub and so yep. it's it's easy to send people here for these state events and and then people come from all over the state to wreak havoc yep but numbers anyway yeah numbers about. anyway so yeah we have like 108 we have like 108 dudes total in the agency and since i've been hired in the last 10 years we've hired and we've cycled through like 100 people that's the thing like when i look at the when i look at the list cuz i still feel like I should, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm more experienced. I should take kind of more of a leadership role with certain yeah. things, you know, help help mentor the younger officer. But then I look at the like the the table of organization and I look at everybody to whom I have seniority. I'm like, that's not right. Yeah, because you're like with almost ten years on, you're senior guy. Yeah. You've gotta oh, be. You've dude, gotta yeah, be senior yeah. guy on your crew. Yeah, I'm I am the most senior guy on my crew. Yeah. Um and one of the more senior guys on patrol in a non supervisory role. Right. You know, it's it's not much different than our agency, but you, yeah, we have it's so much, it's, it's different. It's the same, but different. So my agency, people start at the jail, mm-hmm. they do a minimum of two years and then they're eligible to transfer out to operations and get on patrol. And then after a period of time, they can go be a resident deputy. They can go do a million different things. Yeah. They can come to investigations like I do. They can TFO through yeah, the, they can, the, they can, the state uh, agency. Yep. and Yeah, they can be a task force officer and then go up and work dope cases like I did. Um, for my agency, there's there's not a lot of stuff that I haven't done. Yeah. There's only a few things that I was like, eh, I'm not really interested in that. Didn't really want to work civil, work in civil mm. papers because you're, you're essentially, you're, you are 10 times more likely to be involved in some sort of, <laughs> terrible of, confrontation use yeah. of force yeah people do not like getting served with fucking papers no. we used to do it at night you know if they'd have trials coming up when oh, we were yeah. just patrol guys all the civil papers go out to the dudes working patrol at right. night and that sucks because sometimes it's 90 year old granny that can't pay her medical bills yeah oh, so you're geez. like showing up like hey i'm really sorry but you've got a court date for collections because you can't yeah. pay your medical bills yeah. i'm sorry i'm a big big huge hairy like i'm a huge giant piece okay. of shit with hair in it yeah. for serving you this piece of paper exactly but you stay safe and have a good time you know like yeah exactly but, but then here, at the yeah. same time once in a while you get to go help those guys out with evictions and stuff i did not enjoy working civil no i would not resident deputies you know, it wasn't really something that I was ever really interested in. They spend a lot of time out in the fucking winter looking for dumbass people that get stuck on yeah. a search and rescue. Yeah. And I hate being cold. And yeah. I dealt with plenty of that in my patrol time. But you guys' agency, people come straight out to the street. Like, yeah. they get hired. They go through the academy, whether mm-hmm. that's in-house or whether they get sent to the state academy to get post-certified. And then they come out on their training program. Well, we do, yeah. So if we send them through... So when we do the when we do our own academy, it's a little bit longer than the state academy. When we send them to the state academy, which is what I went through, um, then there's another four or five weeks after that before they go out on on patrol, and and we call it like the four week unfucking. You oh know, yeah, it's as you like, learn how. I mean, and it's, it, you're learning specific policy for your agency. yeah. You're learning specific policy for the agency, um, and not just policy, but like how we go about things. So everything from evidence evidence packaging to 
you know how the how the computer system works and 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 then radio it, traffic radio and- traffic all of that and then it kind of culminates there's some there's some additional uh, there's some additional firearm stuff uh, right now our state academy doesn't uh, teach people shotgun it teaches yep. pistol and rifle pistol and rifle only. and so we go over we make sure everybody is we make sure everybody meets our standards and it's very basic yeah we yeah we make sure that everybody meets our standards on pistol and rifle which is a little bit higher than the state academies yeah and then we also qualify them on shotgun and less lethal and then it all culminates with they coincide the report writing oh yeah with scenario training okay. and so we go through we we go through scenario training which is based on like actual scenarios yep. that people have have um ex, you know experienced as as cops and they're on live radio with dispatch when they're yeah. doing that which is yes. like it always throws me for a loop because sometimes we don't get the emails that right. go out yeah. from like <laughs> yeah no i mean like, we've hey. all come we've all started like like we've all like been scanning and like like whoop flipped on like lights and sirens and like you just tell me where to go because <laughs> you'll yeah. hear like basically they'll set up these training days yeah. for these scenarios for these for these new pd guys and they'll be out certain parts of the area or you know where they certain training areas that we go to all the time and the the memo doesn't get out to everybody that they're yeah. doing training on that tech channel for the day yeah and you'll hear somebody screaming holy bloody fucking murder yeah because they're fighting with one of the training officers in a in a scenario. Yeah. You're like, where the fuck am I going? And then it's like, well, oh, it's they're some, training. They're it's training. some behemoth. It's some behemoth in a red man suit that you can't injure anyway. <laughs> and I mean, I was fighting. I was fighting uh, a pretty buff. Like I remember, I fought. Well, actually, both of my fights were with some seriously like powerlifting former Marines. Yeah. And it was. I mean, those, those were like I. Yeah, I had some serious. Yeah. Those are both of my fights in scenario training. And we, and that's who we sent. I mean, like, I remember one of the dudes we have training him right now, like he had some, one of our new cops, like he clotheslined the dude and <laughs> like gets on, like gets on top of him. He's wearing a red man suit. So like, you know, and they don't give him a real baton. They give him a foam baton. They give, it's called the sea biscuit. Yeah. So like, there's no reason <laughs> to even carry the foam baton because our guys, like in the academy, if you hit somebody with the foam baton, the training instructor, you hit him with a foam baton, they'll be like, okay, my leg hurts, you know, like they'll, yeah. and they'll act it. Our guys, they're they're not going to do it. Which, yep. is, as somebody who's hit somebody with the baton when they're dusted, yes, yeah, that's m- way more accurate. Like I had to do <laughs> run for me after I I gave him at the at the jail. It was it looked like a dinner plate sized bruise on his thigh, like, yep. and he still ran for me. He didn't come back at me, <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, but anyway, he sits on top of him. He pulls the, he pulls the trainee's like gun out and like drops the mag. <laughs> like, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it was, um, so it's, I mean, the scenarios, the scenarios are difficult and then you get to write about them. Oh, okay. Which is how they, how they do that. And that's good. That's good training. Actually it is. And you know what, honestly, as we have discussed before, and we should definitely touch on this, like, um, uh, you know, doing backgrounds, you're like, you ever been in a fight? What? No. Yeah. Every time, like, dude, you, you listen to the first episode where I ask these people, like, you ever been punched in the face? Yeah. Why? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, well, you're gonna. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna, gonna, fucking, you're gonna learn eventually. Yeah, it's gonna happen. But um, it's it's really good. It's really good. You know, training. And the thing is, some of these scenarios are like they are winnable. But you know, it's it's all about finding that appropriate use of force and appropriate command presence. Yeah. Um. And and it, I think it helps dispel like kind of that fear of getting your ass kicked. Yeah. That might make people actually go too high of a level of force when they're out on the street. But sure. Well, and there's, you know, we've talked about it a lot of times, like no matter if you're on the street, if you're in the jail, there's times where you may have to fucking handle shit for a minute by yourself. Yeah. Help's coming. Oh yeah. Eventually. 
Yeah. But, but yeah, you, you got to be prepared to handle shit by yourself. Yeah. And, and it, I, I think that sometimes that stuff is great in helping build confidence. Mm-hmm. Other times, like if somebody gets their fucking ass kicked in training, then that's something you're going to have to work on. It is. But at the same time, and at the same time, it, it like you absolutely, cause you need to be confident in what you're doing yeah. at the same time. Like right now I weigh 165 pounds. That is the heaviest I've ever been in my life. Right. And you know, and that's through like concerted effort. Cause I got a high metabolism. I mean, that's with right. me like drinking like, you know, three protein shakes a day. Right. And lifting heavy. And, um, I remember one time, uh, this dude, and we know him, he's been in the pen a couple of times and he would, he'd be pretty muscly in the pen when he's outside of the pen. He's yeah, just come off the fucking weight pile, yeah. like yoked up. Exactly. So he's, and he'd been out of the pen for a little bit and he was yoked up and he gets into a fight with one of his girlfriends and her kid actually is the one who called 911. Okay. And I roll up, it's in my area, which my patrol area up until recently has always been like, is kind of like the wrong side of the tracks part yep. of town. And, um, uh, because I'm not, you can't put me in the rich part of town. I don't have the, <laughs> I don't have the natural diplomacy. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have those like, people's skills. Exactly. I don't have those people's skills. Like I can talk to, I could talk to people in the, in the bad area. I can't talk like, I'm like, you know, I just, yeah. So ma'am, you're saying uh, your neighbor's sprinkler keeps hitting your grass. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get right on that. So your neighbor's yeah. bushes are growing over, yeah. the, over the fence on your property yeah. line and you want me to go write them a ticket. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, we do. We deal with that shit too. Yeah, like, but it's not yeah, universal. I, yeah. I can't work in that. I can't work, you know, so they, I usually work with, uh, turds and, um, <laughs> so I roll up, th- I roll up there first and I know there is going to, there is another guy coming, but I mean, just the way we're spread out, we're single. So the way our agency is, we operate in single man vehicles because the idea is we can get one cop there right away and then right. another cop there pretty soon. Yeah. You know? And so I get there first and it's a few minutes before my next one shows up. Uh, and he, I show up right when he like is coming out, he slams the, like a screen door. You know? <laughs> and, um, and, uh, you know, I, I say, give his name and like, you know, sit at, cause we've had a report. We dealt with each other a little right. bit before. And, and, uh, uh, and I'd seen him around the gym, small town copping. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, I was like, sit down. He's like, I'm leaving. I was like, no, you're not. Cause I heard he'd been, you know, roughing sure. up with a lady. I'm not just going to let him walk away. And he's like, and he starts to puff up on me. And I, you know, I put my hand, I was like, you know, sit down and, and, and he puffs up and he's getting close. And I tell him, I just address him by name. I am not going to fight you. I will just shoot you. Yep. Like he weigh you know, you know, you're five, eight and you weigh 240 pounds, right? Pure muscle. Yeah. Dude, we're not getting into a fight. And yep. he, and he looked, he's like, okay. Yeah. You know, like, all right, I believe you. Yeah. I believe you skinny ass probably going to do that. Yep. And he sits down, you know, <laughs> and, um, and, and it was cool. Yep. You know, we were good, but you know, like you have to know like where you're at. I'm a yep. pretty good fighter. Yeah. I'm a, you know, but there's, I also know, like, realistically, I'm not like one of your dogs. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, you know, I I have always taken that into consideration. Like, I'm not the biggest guy by any means. I'm not the toughest guy by any means. I can be real fucking mean when I need to oh, be. Oh, yeah. I can be, you know, treacherous. and. But it, a lot of times, that's, sometimes that's what it takes. I've had many times where it was like, it's easier for me to shoot you in the face and I won't feel bad about it. No. Because I know that I will probably lose that fight. Yeah. So I'll tell those people, like, I'm not fucking around. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times that'll shut them down. And yeah. it's that demeanor and, like, if them seeing that you, you're not bullshitting. Yeah. Like, okay, he's he's yeah. legit. I'm going to sit down and do what he tells me. And then yeah. you're good. Yeah. And it's good for the rest of the call. And then the next time you saw him, they're like, I knew you were going to shoot me in the yeah. face. <laughs> I did some dumb shit. Like, I still have people that yeah. I run into, you know, that I've been dealing with for 15 years that... Yeah. You know, when I was in the jail, I went on a jail transport with him. Like, listen, you do something stupid, you're in ankle chains, I'm just going to step on your chain and watch you break your fucking face on the pavement. I don't have to fight you. Yeah. 
I can do it a lot smarter than that. And they're like, well, that's fucked up. I'm like, well, why should I expend effort? Well, you know what they say, the, the quickest way to find out is to fuck around. Yep, yep. You know, test, and I think you, I you think may you may test that assumption at your earliest yes, convenience. Exactly. Yep. Yes. Yeah. It, you know. But, but yeah. I would say going back, this comes back to a yeah. story. We're talking about how many the turnover with your agency right, and right. how many people are there. I was in the gym today. Yeah. At at my agency, we share we yeah. share a gym. It's in the same building. Yeah. And uh, it's free. I go, I go in there. That's where I where I get my swell. That's on. where I work out now too. That's where I get my swell on. And uh, I'm in there and I got my headphones on. I'm doing farmer carries down the hallways. Okay. So I come back and I got the door propped open and I come back and here's this rookie in there. I've never seen this guy in my fucking life before. Obviously I know he belongs there because he's in uniform. Okay. Like he came into the gym, like he probably taken a seven comes in to work out for a bit. And it was like, I come in and like, he must've known I was there. He must've seen me walking down the hallway, but I got my headphones on. I'm jamming out doing farmer carries and I didn't see him. And he scared the fuck out of me. (laughs) And so I like took the time to like take a break and introduce myself. But a lot of times it's like fucking Vietnam with your agency. Like I don't bother to learn their names until they've been there for three years because they're just going to, they're going to disappear. Dude. I, I mean, recently we have washed out, I mean, my class, so my class was through the state uh, agency. And so we had six spots. That was the most the state agency would give us because it was, it was full. That was back when, um, that was back when people still wanted to be cops and it was not hard to, um, and it was still publicly acceptable to be a cop. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) not that that's changed much in our area. Right. And, uh, yeah. And, and, and then also economically speaking, our area was doing fairly well. And so they were hiring, but, uh, whereas other places were in a hiring freeze at the time, but, um, like me, yeah, at the time. Yeah, I think. Okay, that makes sense. And then I know some other places in our region, like not you know, like not necessarily our state, but I know in our region there were some hiring freezes. And then I came here from a major city that was in a hiring freeze. Yeah, um, for a long time. In fact, they actually because I was sitting on the list there, and they actually gave me my letter after I was like on the job for a year and a half. And they're like, "Hey, we're ready, <laughs> ready for you to come and swear in." And they're like, "No, yeah, <laughs> best decision I ever made." And um, so yeah, we have. We washed out in my class. We had six. There are two of us left. Yeah. We washed out three of them in training. Well, one of them jumped ship because a firefighter spot opened up. Oh, okay. You know, and, you know, okay. Nothing, you know, okay. And um, there's a lot of jokes. I could go down that rabbit hole. And I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and uh, and then one. That's the side note. I'm going to interrupt you there. Yeah. It's the best cop camouflage in the world. You want to go out to the bar and not yeah. have people fuck with you or like thinking you're a cop, wear yeah. a firefighter t-shirt. Makes sense. Oh yeah. yeah. People will be like, Hey man, let me buy you a beer. You're a fucking hero. Right. Ooh, you're a you hero. So, that's the difference. Cause that's the thing. People say that like, Oh, thank God the fire department's here as yeah. opposed to shit. It's the cops. That's the, that's the joke. You want yeah. people to wave at you with all five fingers. Yeah. Be a firefighter. Right. That's what yeah. I tell people too. Like I, I'm so used to like, I don't care if people like me or not. If I wanted people to like me, I'd have been a firefighter. <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, I mean, shit, dude, when we show up, like at least 50% of the people involved in our call are going to be upset with the outcome at yeah. least every time. Yeah. So it's, it's not just it's, cost yeah. doing business anymore. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it's going to be more because everybody's going to be pissed because it's going to be a negotiation and that's like, everybody will leave feeling screwed. You yeah. Know? Even if, you know, either, you know, like we, because sh- someone has called you to mediate. Yeah, like, exactly. And there's, I remember, oh God, it used to be, I used to have it down. It was a line, you know, people like, well, we didn't even fucking call you. But like, well, someone injected me into your life. Yeah, exactly. I'm here. And this 
like nothing's going to be resolved until I make a decision what's going to happen. Right. Like that might be in your favor. It might be there in their favor, but everybody needs to sit the fuck down yeah. and calm down until I can get the whole story as best I can to make, figure out what's yeah. going on. And that's, that's what we do. Yeah. We are problem solvers on the street, solving other people's problems because they can't be adult enough to do it for themselves. No, And that's, I mean, and for people that are not, they're listening to this that are not involved in law enforcement. Like that's the, that's the thing that you will not, that you, like the vast majority, especially day shift, God, and I, I, you, I know you recently bought these mics, and that's why I didn't slam my face into it. <laughs> the vast majority of day shift calls are non-criminal in nature. Yeah. Like they're yeah. just general complaints, some general disturbances of people who cannot behave like adults. Yeah, because that's what it comes down to. So, like, can you just behave like an adult? Like, it's, I mean, and you know what they love when you tell them that oh, <laughs> dude. and that's why and that's and that's why i still you know like i mean I, i'm i'm sure i'm sure it's been the subject of numerous complaints is is just i i make no attempt to hide my exasperation with yeah. people anymore. oh no just straight either. up just you know i can't believe i'm here look at yourself just look at yourself right <laughs> get your shit together yes yep. exactly just I, stop for a minute let me describe back what I just heard. And right. then you, you know, and you described the story. I do like that. Yeah. So let me check, like, just to make sure yeah. I've got the story straight. We're here in the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> um, the reason is because you've had some sort of domestic disturbance with yeah. this man that you, you reside with in a camper trailer in the county. Uh, and that's why I was called here because the city agency deems this my problem <laughs> instead of theirs. The fight happened in the, yeah. in their jurisdiction, but because you live in the county here, I am, uh, there's been a disagreement um, because there was some form of sexual contact going on in the parking lot. And he unfortunately finished before it was planned. You didn't appreciate that. And you slapped him across the face with his own bodily fluids. Is that right? She's like, yep, that's pretty much it. I'm like, okay, I'm glad we got that sorted out. Yeah. Like, can we all agree to fucking get along? You two can separate for the time being. She's yeah. like, yep, I'm going to call my sister. She's going to come get her. No shit. This is an actual call that I I took. believe. No, I mean, I believe yep. you. And yes. one of the guys, he just recently got promoted to sergeant. He was brand new at the time. <clears throat> He's like, <laughs> like his fucking yeah. eyes are like pie plates. Yeah. Listening to me basically read this scenario back to the yeah. lady. Like, how the fuck is this a law enforcement problem? Yeah. What yeah. laws have been broken here? Dude. Like, yeah. Seriously. I have, and that's so many, so many times we're like, I've showed up, I'm like, look, nobody is breaking the law. Like, there's no law. I don't, I handle criminal shit. Yeah. I handle criminal shit. There's no crime here. I don't want it to turn into a crime. So can you guys figure out how to not escalate this situation amongst yep. yourselves when I leave and go deal with my stolen guns and people shooting yep. each other? And that's 95%, probably more than that. I would say 99% of our day on patrol. Oh and that's any patrol. Well, and then, because then we got to go right about it. Yeah. We got to go right about it. And, and that's the nice thing about being experienced is you get the trust from your supervisors. That, yeah. Like, that if that you, can be two sentences yeah, long, yeah. you know, or, you know, one paragraph. Yeah. You don't have to detail every little thing that happened, you know, whereas, you know, when you're new, people are like, why didn't you do anything? And right. You know, you're like, well, <laughs> There was nothing for me to do. I know I was on the call for like an hour and 45 minutes, but that was me just getting the story yep. from everybody. But nothing happened that we needed to do anything about. So, yep. yeah, it's... Yeah. that's So now, in my in my line, like, you guys didn't deal with it at your agency as a detective, but right. we get lobby walk-ins. So we get... The, the detectives have to take lobby walk-ins? Yeah. Oh, yep. fuck. 
No. So the people. Hell no. That's the best thing about. That is the only good thing about being a detective in my agency is you don't you don't take the lobby calls. Yep. So we get the people that have these problems on fucking day shifts inevitably when I'm Mm -hmm. the busiest that I can possibly be doing things like detecting crime. Right. (laughs) And trying to, you know, catch the bad guy. Why don't you go catch the bad guy? We get that all the time. Well, I'm fucking trying to. Yeah. But crazy Karen is in the lobby because she bought a piece of property that she's never seen with her own eyes Mm -hmm. in the county but the property manager that goes out and drives by once every six months tells her that the neighbor has driven across the property and there's, you can see where they drove a well truck out there to go check their well. So they show up and they want to file a report for trespassing. And I said, you realize this is not the best way to start a relationship with your neighbors on this piece of property. You haven't even built a fucking house on yet. Yeah. Um, well, I still want to press charges. And I was yeah. like, listen, I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know. We're not going to play like that. I said, do you have, this is a fence out state. Yeah. Is your property fenced? No, that would cost like money. Yeah. Do you have signage posted for no trespassing? No. Do you think that maybe your neighbors didn't realize they were trespassing on your property? Well, no. Have you talked to your neighbors? No. Yeah. But you want to charge them with trespassing. Right. Like right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, we're not going to do that. But unfortunately... I had to call one of our SRT buddies that's on patrol at that yeah. time. And I'm like, hey, man, can you do me a solid run out here and just go chat with these people? Yeah. Like, we're not writing tickets. We're not yeah. charging anybody. A, I just need to identify them positively for this report and just go talk to them. Be like, hey, we realize that you probably don't realize you're driving on your fucking neighbor's property. Yeah. 20, you know, 10 feet over the property line. Yeah. They're flipping shit about it and they want to charge you with trespassing. Yeah. It's as simple as a conversation. Jeez. And that's what happened. But it was like, listen, lady, you're wasting my fucking time. Oh, yeah. You're wasting my patrol deputy's time. Like, there's actual crimes going on that we can help out with. At least something happened in your lobby calls. My lobby calls are people who come in and uh, it says, this is where uh, having social workers on staff would be a good call. Yes. Because, because so here's the thing. You got to understand, too. It's not illegal to be crazy. Unfortunately, all right. You, it's not illegal to be crazy, and it's America. We can't make you take your medication. So when you come into the lobby and you need to report a crime, that the uh, FBI is spying, spying on you, spying on you because you're the illegitimate child of of one of the Kennedys. <laughs> and again, I mean, he's again. It's like this is like none of these are made. Like I'm not making this up out of thin air. These are calls <laughs> I've taken. Yeah, and and you're you know like oh yeah I'm you know like this is why the and it's a, and it it's never a very simple. ABC conversation. No. It is it is this rambling over and over and you're like, well, and, and you can try to talk them into like getting counseling, but at the same time, like this is all very real to them. Oh yeah. And so And you can't convince them it's not. And you can't convince them it's not. And it's in fact it's against best practices to try. Yeah. And yep. so you you can try to convince them to, you know, seek some kind of mental help, but you can't compel them unless they are an immediate physical threat to themselves or others yeah and so you just you, you know so you're going to just spend 90 minutes talking to this person yeah and then you're going to go spend 30 minutes writing this report yeah about you know and you're make sure that they're pro- appropriately flagged in our in our system so that yeah. the next time they call in or we show up wherever yeah. we're dealing with them that the first guy showing up there knows that this person is yeah has some mental health problems right you know and the thing is it doesn't matter how many times you know like i mean people can you know people cry wolf but we still have to show up the same way oh yeah you know like that's i had a lady that she's just recently kind of 
you know, the cheese is sliding off the cracker. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes it happens that way yeah. with these people. Like, their their delusions just, like, they're rapid onset. Yeah. And this lady in the last six months has just kind of oh, gone yeah. off the reservation, taken a long walk off the short map. And her husband is, like, at his wit's end. He has no idea how to deal right. with this lady. So she goes down. She's This is the one she's firmly convinced that the FBI is spying on her because she was playing these online poker games and uh, helping out this this company by playing their games, and they pay her for it, okay. basically. But these people are the bad guys, and they're, like, tied in with the FBI. And this, this whole, and I couldn't even track all of it, what's right. going on. So the federal building with the local FBI field office is just across the street, um, kind of catty corner from my office. So she talks her husband into driving her down there. <laughs> to their office and he drops her off and he fucking goes home <laughs> and just like drives home. So she goes in and of course security at the, at yeah. the federal building is like, uh, no, yeah. there's no reason for you to come up here and harass the FBI agents yeah. in the, in the field. Office. FBI so, agents don't have to take lobby calls. Like, ma'am, you, you may kindly fuck off and they like push yeah. this lady out of there. So she comes over, goes to the PD and of course they're like, would little be, you know, an hour and a half before an officer can get there to talk to you because the detectives don't take lobby calls. Right. So where does she go? She comes upstairs and tells the girls at the window, I need I need to speak with someone. I'm being tracked by the FBI. Oh, like, oh God, it's one of these. Yeah. So I go out and talk with this lady and pretty quickly determine that she is like 100% bought into this whole thing. But I'm like, on the downside, I ain't got the fucking time to deal with this right now. Right. I really don't. Um, and neither do my patrol guys. I'm not going to like slough it off on them. So I'm like, where do you live? Does your husband know where you are? Cause she's an older gal. Yeah. You know, the grandparent age. Yeah. She's like, well, he dropped me off, you know, over at the federal building by the post office. And I'm guessing that he still thinks I'm over there. I'm like, is he waiting for you? No, he went home. So I'm like, she's like, but don't call him from your cell phone because he'll know that the, like they're tracking his phone too. It's one of these. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I managed to finagle his phone number mm-hmm. from her. So I just fucking called him on my cell phone. And I'm like, do you know where your wife is? Well, I thought I dropped her off over by the post office. I'm like, you need to come down here and collect your wife, please. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not causing a disturbance. She's not being a problem. But you need to take her to get evaluated. You know, like, here's, well, yeah. here's some things. Like, I had a conversation with the guy. And, like, and she's sitting right there for all of it. She's like, I can't believe it. And I'm like, I understand but I'm not going to, I can't buy right. into your delusions. Like the way no. that I'm trained, our policy, there's yeah. times when you can, if it's a dangerous situation, but that's your discretion. Yeah. And so yeah. I had this, you know, we have a, a program, a critical incident training, basically where every officer in the County is, well, used to mm-hmm. go. No, through we're that. still, I mean, I don't know about your agency. Our agency is, yeah, everybody has to be dealing with people in crisis. Yeah. So we, we have, it's like a week long training that you mm-hmm. go through learning about mental health and how to deal with these people and how to, you know, de-escalate. We go through all that training. I don't know yeah. what everybody, what the hot ticket item about, you know, locally here, we go through all that shit. Yeah, we, we deal with it all the time. At least exactly. at least one call a day you're dealing with somebody on that oh, yeah. kind of well, And we deal with them. I mean, we deal with the mental health calls and we've, we're trained to deal with the mental health calls. And honestly, most law enforcement officers are too. It's just when they show up, it's like they show up to it. You know, they're like, you know, he was schizophrenic. Yes, he was a schizophrenic charging people with a knife yeah. his being schizophrenic didn't make him less dangerous right so i'm just like listen i have the unfortunate experience of having dealt with this shit for a long time and i don't have time for it like if you're not causing a problem yeah i'm gonna get you out of my hair i'm gonna get you somewhere else where 
Like it is their problem. Yeah. Yes. Your husband needs to figure out what to do with you. Yeah. It's not my fucking problem. Well, that's the thing, you know, I'll call adult DFS and, and, and get them to open a case. Cause that's their, that's yeah. their job. And that's know? exactly I mean, what I did in that case. I made sure that she was appropriately flagged and I made a follow up call. Yeah. It was like, Hey, you guys might want to just swing by, do a visit, talk to yeah. her husband see what he's willing to do, you know, yeah. because she's like, well, I've already been to all the X, Y, Z places by these doctors and they, they don't agree with me that I'm being tracked by the FBI. And I said, because yeah. this, I'm sorry to tell yeah. you that's not happening. I know yeah. you believe that it is. Yeah. And that's, I've gotten to the point where it's like, it's easier to just tell them, yeah. listen, I know you think this is going on. It's not, you need help. Yeah. Like you need medication, call it what it is. Yeah. It's just it's faster to cut it off at the at the head. And yeah, just deal with it that way. No, there, now there has been times where you're dealing with that crazy. Yeah, and especially with the county guys, you know, you get that dude that's out in the middle of nowhere walking down the fucking highway. Yeah, at three o'clock in the morning, and he's covered in blood, and you're like, "Hey, man, yeah. like it's warm." And dry, and I've got snacks in my truck. Yeah, like it's safe, and the little green aliens can't fucking hear you or see yeah. you. Yeah. Like, let's get in my truck, and they're like, "All right, yeah, man." Yeah, my truck yeah. is shielded from their, you know, <laughs> brain waves. Yep, yeah. their their ultra brainwave gamma radiation can't penetrate through my super patrol vehicle over here. Yeah. Whatever you got to do to get that guy in yeah. handcuffs <laughs> and in the back seat of your car, like I've played that game too. There, are t- yeah, there are times that it's totally okay to say shit like that. You know, yeah, and you know, in general. But I mean, and that's you know, so that's I mean, that's the you know, that's a lobby call issue. I, but yeah, Jesus. I firmly agree that they're do and a lot of places have these, you know, crisis intervention units yeah. where there's like there's a cop and then there's two like a social worker and an EMT. Yeah. Together in a in a vehicle and they go that's all they do. They go to these calls with these people that are in, going through a mental health crisis. Yeah. I fucking yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm 100% in. on board. I would absolutely love that to be the case, you know. I mean, you got the cop there to handle crime and physical like safety. Yeah. And then, you know, EMTs to handle excited delirium and, you know, any kind of, you know, health issues and administer some vitamin K possibly. Yeah. And um, the B52. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, you've got somebody who's trained in in dealing, you know, recognizing what particular mental health pathology yeah. is and then how to best deal with it. Yeah, I'm all you for know? it. That's a yeah. matter of Funding and staffing in most exactly. places. Well, and that's the thing. Yeah, it's funding funding and staffing. I mean, you know, because that's it in cities, all of it, you know, there's a funding issue, but staffing is not difficult. When you start dealing with like, you know, rural America, you don't have enough mental health professionals to to staff the hospitals and private practice. Yeah. Much less like, okay, you're on night shift now. Like, I mean, these are people with at least a master's degree. Right. You know, if not a PhD or doctor, you know, like actual, you know, like medical degree they're not going to work an overnight shift for $55,000 a year. Yeah. You know, they're not well, going and I to look at it. Like the, the easiest workaround for us has been like, well, every cop is a mental health worker in a degree to a degree to a degree. Like you get 36 hours of training because we cut it short on Friday because the instructor wants to go home. Wants to catch his, <laughs> Yeah. And then wants to go play golf yeah. on a Friday afternoon or whatever it is. It was good training. And we used to do updates. Mm-hmm. We haven't done an update in a minute, you know, and given all the focus on this, this response to mental health and how ev- there needs to be all this massive reform. I just don't, man, I don't know what the answer is. I know we can always do better. Like, well, we absolutely but, can always but do better. But we are fucking doing the best we can. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I've seen people, I've talked down, talked people off a ledge. Oh, yeah. 
you know, physically, like actually talked him off a ledge. I had a girl up at up at the falls. Oh yeah. Um, me and uh, Big Sarge at the oh, time, yeah. my sergeant at the time, had this girl that climbed up there and was gonna jump. You know, because her boyfriend broke up with her, or whatever, middle of the night. And that's how we saw her up there because she's up there with her oh, phone. Like sil- oh, you know, so I could see the light from her phone. Yeah, and there was two of you guys as agent. Uh, uh, he's now the investigation sergeant. Okay, and then one of your training officers that works with you guys as agency. They circled up. They took the long route. Okay, to get up up, up the trail back to the other side, like fucking billy goats, man. Those yeah. guys were up there in minutes. Oh yeah, dude, that's a long. So me and Big Sarge went straight up the fucking cliff face and got within a few feet of this girl. And I told him, I was like, listen, because he's, you know, easily twice my size. He's yeah. a huge dude. And I'm like, if you can get a hold of this bitch and just fucking get her down on the ground so she doesn't jump or try to take one of us with her, yeah, that's all I'm worried about. And that's exactly what we did. But it was like she came down willing because once she got up there, it was so dark that her, you know, just the light from her cell phone screen and yeah. flashlight wasn't enough to get her back down. And she got scared, uh, but you know, that person was in crisis yeah. and then we ended up taking her in for evaluation and it was like, we, we, yes, we kind of saved her life. Yeah. You know, she, she changed her mind enough. There was enough cognitive change there where she was like, this is a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, like, yes, I'm really high up, but these big jagged rocks are going to fuck me up a lot more yeah. on the way down before I actually hit the bottom. Yeah. But I'm just going to break every limb I have before yeah. I actually hit dirt. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. was, that was a shitty call, but no, it's, that it, happens all the time. No, we do. I mean, we deal Weekly. with that. I, I mean, I can't, I can't think of a, a, I certainly can't think of a week that's gone by. That I haven't dealt with a suicidal subject. Yeah. You know, all the time, um, all the time. And, you know, and, and, I mean, it it varies. I mean, sometimes it's, you know, it's people who are actually kind of pissed the cop showed up because, like, one of the more recent ones I went on, uh, he, this particular person had said some, had said some shit essentially to evoke a sympathetic response from other people. Oh, right. Uh, This person had no legitimate suicidal ideation. A a quote, cry for help. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, it's like, well, you wanted attention, you got it. Right. You know, but then I've dealt with people who really are in crisis and they're really, yeah. really, really, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's difficult to deal with just, you know, I mean, that's honestly, I, I feel that, you know, like the stakes are, cause you never know which direction they're going to yeah. take. And everyone is different. Yeah. Everyone is completely different. Yep. You never know how people are going to react to what you're, you know, when somebody's in a mental health crisis, you never know what they're going to say or how they're going to react to whatever stimuli you give them. Yeah. You know? Because we're always in the back of your mind. If you're not thinking as the cop that shows up there that this person might try some suicide by cop and you're going to have to use lethal force. If so, it is what it is. Yeah. And you yes, it's shitty that you're going to have to live with that. Yeah. But that person, if it winds up in that situation, which has happened before, they're forcing your hand. There's nothing you can yeah. do about it. You got to, I mean, you got to try to avoid it however you can try to avoid it. Yeah. And so think about it. But at the same time, people are people. They're humans. Yeah. yeah. You know, listen, Lisa talked about it in episode three. Like, she solved more problems by active listening yeah, and actually trying to give a shit. I mean, like I understand that you're going to go right from this call to the next one. That's yeah. probably the, you know, almost identical circumstance of another suicidal person. It happens, but to be effective at our job, you can't blow it off and no. treat it. Like we've all seen the cops. There's, it's a uh, tough, it's yeah. a delicate balance, man. You know, in those calls. But yeah. It, it is. And, you know, like, well, and then dealing with people in mental health when I was in investigations, there was a dude who, he was a big guy. 
uh, and he juggernauted. He we he had ended up he he had ended up doing some crazy stuff. He like went to a local ice cream parlor and like just walked behind the counter and said he owned the place. <laughs> and um, and I think he'd had a TBI while he was uh, he was a vet and uh, and they I think he had a TBI while he was out there and it, it created a bit of a descent. Okay. And I think uh, in fact the VA had given him like this kind of like make work job of like going and picking up other vets for like oh, appointments sure. and stuff. Yep. And everything was okay. Kind of a sad, you know, sad situation. You know, there were some issues with, uh, you know, family and divorce, you know, stemming from this, this mental health issue that he was having. And he had a, yeah, he, he was speaking gibberish to people and he said enough, he was able to get committed to, and, and so he's making some progress in the mental health thing. Again, this guy is massive, right? He's human. He's like six, eight, 270 pounds. He's a big fucking dude. Sure. He ends up juggernauting out of our local mental health facility. Oh fuck! Like out the door. Out the door. He just oh, straight no. like these reinforced doors. He just straight decides to power through. And he tells me later, and we end up. So what? The reason I got called out on this not because he was an escapee from the mental health facility. He carjacked somebody. Oh. And it started out. It started out was like an arm carjacking. It wasn't an arm carjacking. I remember this. This was just like it was around the same time as the dude who stole the other agency's cop car. Oh yes, it was around that. Time, okay, yes, which is yes. another great caper. I would love to talk about. But um, <laughs> the uh, so he he juggernauts out. He goes and he tells the guy. And this is ultimately what did happen. Is he is this humongous dude like grabs a dude by like both of the lapels, pulls him. He's like, I don't want to hurt you. I just want your car. <laughs> like, like he's at, he, take he it. feels bad about it, right? But then. And so the dude, call, like, while he's on the phone with nine one one, realizes he's starting to like he's afraid he's starting to sound like a bit of a bitch, like just giving up his car, which he's not. This dude is six foot eight, two hundred and seventy pounds. Like, I'd have given him my keys. <laughs> just let him take the fucking car, bro. Right? So then he says something about the dude like threatening him with a gun, and as we discussed earlier, it's very possible the dude had found a gun in an unlocked vehicle. So right. So we end up sticking him up at a local because he had gone to a local gas station, and either he locked himself out of the car, or he was just wandering around like. He doesn't have shoes on because he just yeah. escaped a med because he wandered around in, in socks. In, a, in another jur- in our jurisdiction. No, in another jurisdiction. Yeah, in another jurisdiction. Ours. Yeah. And, and he ends up get, we end up sticking him up in that because again, like he's wandering around this like this gas station. He's, it's a I was working I was working patrol yeah, then. It was a, I remember going out there. Yeah, it was a big gas it's a big so this particular it's like, it's like it's a, a truck giant stop. travel plaza yeah, truck stop. It's a it's a travel plaza. And so they have a they have a restaurant and they have um, a big convenience store and a, and a bar liquor store. Yeah, bar yeah. liquor store, and and uh, he actually ended up wandering like into the into the kitchen of the restaurant area, like, right. and nobody stopped him because he's yeah, six foot couple. seven, <laughs> two hundred and eighty pounds. He's not wearing any. He's not wearing any shoes. Right. Um. And, and he's like, you know, and so so yeah, he so he gets like that's how we figured out he was there. Sure. Because he they, people like at the travel plaza like this guy, there's some fucking crazy, crazy guy, guy. <laughs> and so. We uh, and and then uh, the neighboring agency sees the stolen car at the gas pump. I think he might have even locked himself out of the car. I think he did. And um, if I remember right now, yeah, because I got over there and it was all was well and good. And the guys yeah. had him like yeah. jammed because I was on another call, way off on the other side of the county. Yeah, and I was like I was trying to get there. But yeah, and so yeah, so I go out there and I and and he and so and I'm taking him back to well to a marked unit too because we cuff him up and I'm walking him back to a marked unit. I throw my entry vest on over my plain clothes. And um, I'm not about to transport this guy in my own mind. <laughs> <And>, um, <laughs> right, without but, a cage. Yeah, but he's got, you know, he liked he liked the stuff I had on my rifle. Oh, yeah. Which, for people who don't know, the 
AR platform, the AR fifteen platform is the Barbie dream house for men. Yeah, and, it's mis- and, it's tactical Mister Potato Head. Yeah, Even though we can't talk about Mister yeah. Potato Head now because so, that's right. part of cancel culture. Yeah. Um, so he's yeah. So he liked he liked the stuff that I had on mine, and um and, and so we developed a little bit of a rapport, and and then we get back to the station, and the thing is, talking to this guy was he he admitted to everything. Right. He had a different rationale for everything. Yeah. You know, and like like, and he wasn't wrong. He was like. Like the door, he, he, he psyched himself up for running out of the doors. Like you just, if you believe, if you don't believe you can do it, you won't do it. But if you believe you can do it, you can. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know how hard I'd have to believe to be able to get those doors open. Cause I don't sure. have 280 pounds behind me, but yeah, he juggernaut it. He knew he could get out like the gym doors for like the easiest access. Cause I guess the, so he gets another patient to say, you know, like help, like, Oh, we should play basketball. Yeah. And so the, the worker takes him to play basketball and he goes up and he, he describes all of this to me and he, he goes up he first he goes up to the worker just goes to her radio is like I'm very sorry about this and just like separates pieces <laughs> of her radio and then he goes over to the phone on the wall and just pops it off like and then just <laughs> and then powers through the doors and then goes and you know steals the dude's car it's like you've seen true lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. where he's like sorry yeah. sorry <laughs> and smashing yeah. through everything and um so, because he felt bad about every time he did anything that was any way hurtful, he just needed to <laughs> he just needed to escape, and um, he was just going to drive home. Yeah, was what he wanted to do, and because um, he lived a couple counties north. Yeah, of us. and I was I was talking to him, and everything was great, except but like there are times when you're talking to somebody and you're looking in their eyes, and you know they say the eyes are the window to the soul. It's not really necessarily a soul thing, but looking in this dude's eyes, like talking to him, I was like, right now he likes me. Yeah. I am going to, I am going to touch my nose in the wrong way. And it's going to remind him of the uncle that molested him. And he is going to come over here because this, this interview room is like the size of, you know, it's, it's like the size of this table. Like, I mean, it's like three feet by six feet. He's going to come over here. He's going to twist my head off my shoulders. (laughs) And he's going to drive my body to the ground like a fucking fence. There's yeah, there's, and there's nothing like by the time the dudes who are monitoring this on, you know, on the closed circuit, see that there's any kind of a, like, nobody, nobody's going to help me. Like I'm, if he decides he doesn't like me, I'm going to, and, and, and who knows what's going to happen. Right. Who knows? Yep. You know, like I have no idea what stimuli I might give this guy that's either going to make him think that I'm the best person on earth sure. or I'm the worst. Yep. And when he decides to kill me, that's it. Not. <laughs> that's not, I'm not, I'm just resigned to it, you right. know? And this is the same. And he went full beautiful mind. Like he asked for some paper to like write an apology letter to the dude. <laughs> he, he, I gave him a legal pad and he was just just page after page and then he's like rearranging them on the floor like sure nice ooh, yeah that's crazy yeah felt bad for that guy so man we've been on some tangents dude some serious tangents man i was thinking about like some of these i didn't even finish i haven't finished on the dude who was stealing from the old people oh yeah because that's a good caper we'll come back to that we'll come back we'll to that, have dude. you come back next okay. time because there's there's some other guys that like we want to get some srt guys together and have a couple good episodes just the srt guys okay oh dude yeah let's so uh, let's touch on on uh, sage advice real quick. Sage advice. Yeah, if you had to give sage advice, either a to someone who's new to law enforcement or someone who's been doing it for equal amount of yeah. time as you, one when you talk to these rookies or whatever, Dude, what's your one piece of sage here, advice? I mean, you give my out? thing is, well, don't ever, don't ever make plans for a day you work because you'll never end. Oh on fuck. Time. And you'll never end on time on the day you work. Period. Yep. The the key, and then that follows into the other piece of advice, which is always take your time. Like don't plan on getting off on time because you're going to get dispatched to a call with like 
30 minutes left on shift and you're yeah. going to start to run. And all, it's going to be a fucking flame and dumpster it'll be, fire. It'll be, a, and that's the thing. It'll be a dumpster. Even if it's like dealing with like these juveniles, like we had a case for dealing with some juveniles, just lippy little turds who think they're gangbangers. And ultimately like one of them was getting cited for trespassing at the mall. Right. Um, one of them I probably could have cited for MIP because he had alcohol like in his system, but he didn't have any alcohol on him, you know? Right. Pick, <sighs> pick your battles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but they, I mean, these lippy little juveniles who really more than the court system would all have been just benefited from a good spanking, <laughs> you know, for sure. But so we, we end up and the issue, we can't get a hold of this juvenile's parents. Mm-hmm. Not for nothing. His dad has a lengthy arrest record. Right. And we can't get a hold of mom or dad. And so like somebody claiming to be the aunt shows up. Ultimately we ended up having to take him to like our local youth shelter. And it's like, don't rush the call, no matter what it is. Yep. Like call your significant other and say, I'm going to be late. I have to log this evidence. Yeah. I have to get this report written. If they haven't figured it out in the first couple months, they ain't going to be around for a long time. No, that's true. Just saying. It's yeah. It's um, I will say that yeah. Most of the time, most of the time, my wife is very. She knows she she might get a little irritated, but she knows us what like is part of the job. Yeah, you know, there was one, and it was a it was a that shooting at that shitty motel. That, oh yeah, that we thought we had an active shooter at that we didn't, and that was one of those. It was. <laughs> It was an any day but today. <laughs> any day but today. I need you home on time today yep. of of all of the surrounding day. Just, just today. <laughs> not yesterday. Yep. Not tomorrow. Not a week from just now. Just today. I have yep. stuff that needs to happen today. I need you home by five yep. today. And I got home at 11.45 p.m. And there were... <laughs> it was a rough night yeah you know i mean there were there were some there were some heated texts yeah you know? but i had i mean like i did the thing and then the next day there was you know reconciliation right and, That's, i always tell like my wife i was working in the jail when i met my yeah. wife once i got out on patrol and then on to srt yeah. i was like listen you have to share me now that i'm investigations yeah. i'm on call for a week at a time yeah. every five weeks yeah, like you. Oh, I, love you? Not, I love that not being the case anymore. Oh though. fuck, man! I would love to not be on call. I've, I've told my wife many times, like, "Hey, sorry, you got to share me with every bad guy in the county." Yeah, like they need my time as equally as you do. Yeah, I will say, you know, and and most of the time she's really she's like, you know, like it's like, well, I'm gonna be, you know, it's gonna be several more hours, and she's like, yeah. well, I hope somebody goes to jail, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like you're getting paid overtime, yeah. right? Like oh, I will. I, yeah. That's the other. That's the other thing. That's the other text I've got. I'm like, look, baby, I'm. I don't I have no idea how long it's gonna take, and she's like, well, you can buy me something shiny with that overtime. Yeah, check. and I do like usually every couple months, but like, it's good natured, you yeah. know, like because she gets like she 100 percent gets it. It's rough. It's really it's really tough being the spouse. Yeah. Of, a cop in general and an investigator. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. And SWAT guys. SWAT like, guys. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the worst, the worst of the worst call outs where they yeah. can either, it will be the biggest inconvenience or the biggest worry for a spouse. Yeah. Like we're yeah, one yeah, or the our other lives definitely, have you know, to deal yeah. With and then that. when we're out, yeah. When we're out, once we roll out, it's not, we're not going to be texting updates. Yeah. You know, you don't, there's times, there's you know, times, but, yeah. yeah, but yeah, you know, so I do try to be, you know, good once we finally, you know, it's like, all right, we got the bad guy in custody. Sure. You know, so it'll be like another I'll hour. I'll be home in another hour. Hour yeah. and a half, you know, but. Yeah. So after that, uh, the gear locker question. What's one piece of gear that you use, like, especially now that you're back on patrol? What's something that makes your life either oh, A, okay. easier, 
B backs you up as a force multiplier or right. makes you more comfortable. Oh, dude. Okay. So, all right. So funny. That's funny because my wife actually asked me today, like, what was my most important piece of equipment? But as far as like the gear locker thing, oh, man. See, I didn't prepare for this. One, <laughs> I know. I like to all. spring yeah. these ones on Yeah, people. no. And that's the thing. I should have known that the gear locker question was coming, but because yeah, um, you've now. listened to other episodes. Yeah. I mean, for me, a good, reliable, readily accessible flashlight. Yep. Period. Like that is, a, it, it can act as a force multiplier. It, looking into things, peering into things. The camera on uh, the camera on my phone. Mm-hmm. I've used that to. I've used that to look into crawl spaces before I've stuck my head down there. Yep. I've used it to look into uh, stud bays. Like there'll be holes so, in drywall in a doper house. Yep. And so the the combination of a flashlight and my phone. Yeah. Like I'm like I can use that. Uh, you know, like it's not like a full boroscope, but because people will do like you go into these shitty houses and people have kiled up the drywall, <laughs> and, and it's a great place to stash shit. Yeah. In fact, I have found I have found drugs in stud bays. Mm-hmm. I have found stolen guns in stud bays. I found money. Oh, nice. I've never found any money. I have found drugs and guns in stud in stud bays. That's yeah. it. And so, more than anything, on the street doing searches in cars, day shift, night shift is that flashlight. For sure. Yeah, because it doesn't matter if it's day shift. You're going to go inside somewhere that's going to be dark. There's going to be dark places, under couches. Yep. And I have thought many times it became a just muscle memory in the way that I trained myself that I would run my, because I ran a 3D cell mag light. Mm-hmm. I used to have one of those. Like with fucking D batteries, not the rechargeable bullshit. Fucking no. I oh, ran nice. actual yeah. batteries, and I'd change them out every time I went back onto nights which was every two months. Okay. And I would train myself. I'd have it up and over my left shoulder with my off hand. Mm-hmm. And if shit got crazy, I can donk a motherfucker with a mag light. I remember. That's so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I've never actually hit anybody with my mag light, but there's been times that it was like, I've got it ready. It I remember. I remember when I was early on patrol, somebody was on a ride along. I don't know if it was a ride along or a trainee with this guy he's a sergeant now but i remember he's he like handed somebody i think there was a ride along with us and we were searching um a building that was it was well known as shitty apartments for shitty people for uh, a long time i know exactly which building mm-hmm. you're talking about yeah. it doesn't exist anymore N- well they gutted they it and rebuilt they, it and they yeah, yeah that's the one yeah and it was the one where like when people were there like you'd like rubber band your pants around your boots so you didn't get bed bugs you know <laughs> it was bad i you know just like people that were existing in an apartment with like like an eight inch diameter hole in the front door <laughs> and um you know through which you could see the meth pipes and you know like they didn't even make an effort to hide them anyway we were so they had they had evicted everybody out of it because they were going to gut it and when i say gut yeah. it, i mean they they completely gut it they like didn't like the gut it to the studs stud. no more so it they was more it was that. it was a brick building they pulled out the joist the stud i mean they brought it down to the brick that was it so we were about to head in and the, the sergeant gave uh or he, he, was, he was not a sergeant at the time he gives this this guy who is riding along with somebody else a uh mag light and he's like now He's like, this, here's the deal. Like, you're just a ride-along, and we can't give you any weapons. Like, you can't have weapons because you're not police. But um, so we, but we, but it's a dark building, and it's not safe to go in there without a flashlight. Now, we didn't give you any weapons. But remember, you can hit somebody with a flashlight. <laughs> 
This, is this the same looking loose sergeant? Yes, from that last the same looking loose. <laughs> I do my impre- I do my impression of him. And you I know what I'm hear, talking about. I can hear. I can hear you. <laughs> oh fuck, that's good. Yeah, dude. It's just saying you yeah. are allowed to defend yourself with yeah. this piece of equipment. <laughs> you know, and that's so I don't I don't carry my maglite anymore. Um, but I carry, but and which is especially like since like the the two one two three yeah. CR one two three battery. You, like got, it's super the, LED. With that's a, funny, and I man, we're going way over. And yeah. I, don't, I don't care. I don't care, dude. People, edit edit down all the ums and the shit out. Um, yeah, I watched some one of my favorite shows of all time. TV shows is the X Files. Okay, because I because the cons- truth is out I'm, there. The truth is out there, and you got to believe. Anyway, I want to believe. A couple of years ago, I had gone back and I've watched, I've rewatched the series like four times, completely all the way through all ten seasons, both the movies, whatever. But I had gone back after I transitioned back to Patrol in 2017. I had gone back and rewatched the X Files, and the first couple episodes in the first season, they've got those old ass incandescent, oh yeah, you know, two cell C battery mag lights, and they're putting out like 20 lumens. Yeah, and I just remember being like, man, flashlight technology and you know, specifically geared towards law enforcement has come fucking so far from the early nineties, you know, like, holy shit. I, I was the same way. It's one of my, and that I'm certain the more cops that I interview, especially patrol people, doesn't matter. That's going to be the prominent answer is a fucking flashlight. Like doesn't need to be name brand. You can go buy a high power, good quality, like reliable, high lumen flashlight. Well, I have I have kids who keep wanting stupid bullshit like um, food and vaccinations. So like all of my <laughs> like my yeah my flashlight was bought like twenty bucks on Amazon. Like yeah. I didn't buy one of those hundred and sixty dollars Surefires, dude. Yeah, it's not it's not for me. Sure, you know, like I'm not saying it's not a good flashlight. It's not, but like twenty bucks on that flashlight, and if it lasts you a year, two years, yeah. you, you made your money on that exactly. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it's like I wear cheap sunglasses. Like yeah. these dudes running around with like hundred eighty dollar Oakleys. Oh yeah, I will not spend as much. Like I have, I've, I've lost them in fights. I've dropped them. Yeah. In, in, in foot pursuits, I, I lost one pair down a porta potty one time. Oh, uh, like know? well, those are gone. Exactly. You know, <laughs> well, and like Oakleys, I would have felt some. I would have at least. I don't know, maybe. My cheap ass might have felt obliged to go get him. I would like to think that I would right. just feel the pain. There's of losing them. never failed. Like all the other SWAT guys will be geared up with Oakleys and all these coast sunglasses, spy glasses, whatever. Tony will be over there with like five dollar <laughs> gas <Pugs>. station, av- <laughs> five dollar gas station aviators yeah. on with the mirrored lenses. Yeah, it's like <laughs> respect my authority. <laughs> oh shit. Okay, so distractions. Yeah. Outside of, you know, all the shit we've dealt with, all the shit that you do on a daily basis, what are some distractions that you go to to get your mind off things? I mean, oh. aside from kids. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, yeah, keeping, I mean, just keeping hurt on my children. Sure. Is, which is great. Like, that's the coolest, like, that's the coolest thing, especially now that some of them are older and, like, they're starting to do some cool shit. That's really fun to watch. Yeah. So uh, I, I do that. And then whatever kind of, you know, my wife is really, you know, into just like whatever adventure it is. Like it, it doesn't matter if it's like, you know, like let's go try something new. And yeah. so we, we do that. And then I have, I have, uh, right now my motorcycle is in pieces. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And there's always, uh, you know, so just whatever tinkering. Cause sure. you know, that's the other thing too, man. I'm not, I'm not as young a man as I used to be. So I think, <laughs> I think, uh, I have shifted into the, uh, the realm where I am officially puttering. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I do just, a lot of the same yeah. thing. Like, you know, well, the shit you're doing with the guitars is amazing. By oh the way, yeah, you know. But yeah, you know. So I just, I, you know, I, I do mostly, mostly just the family stuff. Yeah, is is what you know, and like, 
you know, we're lucky enough living in the Mountain West that we can go run. We're close to some cities and stuff. Sure. And we, can, we, we go do that. And then we, you know, we'll go camp in. It's, you de- know. I, it's definitely, we're hitting that full spring right now because it's March. Like we're I hitting that, like man. it's yeah. 55 degrees outside. Yeah. Like the wind's blowing. Yeah. But it's definitely like I had the Porsche out today. Yeah. I was cruising around like, oh man. Like yeah. summer's coming. I had the windows down, cruising around the Porsche. Oh. I, I popped the sunroof. Please tell me that you play mid-90s German techno while you do that. <laughs> so that one, I can't because okay. it's got a cassette player <laughs> and there's a cassette stuck in it that I can't get out. <laughs> so I was going to I was gonna call you out. I was going to like, like you don't have German techno on cassette. But, but okay, the so. other, the 84, I've got two Porsches. We've talked about this yeah. before on previous episodes. The 84, it's got a stereo that I can Bluetooth to. Okay. So I, I have a specific playlist for when I'm driving that car, yeah. and there is some some German techno shit in there. But for the most part, it's like I pulled a playlist of like songs from 1984. Nice. Which is the same year I was born, you know? So it's, it's <laughs> convenient in that like I, I get made fun of. I don't give a fuck. Like right. I enjoy it. I love that car. I have a members-only jacket that I fucking wear when I drive it. Like it's a thing. Yeah. It's, it makes me fucking happy. That's one of my best... Yeah. Just, you know, distractions are those yeah. two fucking cars. And the new one, like, I'm still getting to know it. I just yeah. got it. So, yeah. but yeah. That's the nice thing about not giving a fuck anymore, dude. Like, I I'm mean, telling you, once you hit, like, when you're a dad. Yeah. And you've been settled in a career for a while and you hit that, like, I'm over 35. Like, I'm going to do what makes me happy. Exactly. And fuck you if you try to make me feel bad for it. Yeah. Um, you know, and. Like, I don't care. Like, old, you can yeah. laugh at me and joke at me all yeah. you fucking want. I realize that I look like a fucking dweeb driving around right. in my fucking 80s Porsche with a members-only jacket, but yeah. I enjoy it. Exactly. Well, I quit. Like here, I remember, you know, with my first kid, just trying to, you know, like, okay, you know, shit his pants. Okay. Get him changed. Okay. All right. We got, all right, got new clothes on him. Oh, okay. Oh, now he needs a bottle. Okay. You know, by the time you can effectively get that kid out the door in such a manner that you don't look like you're a neglectful monster, <laughs> you don't have any time left to like put yourself together. Yeah. God bless my wife. I don't know how she does it. Like yep. she, she steps out the house looking like a, a smoke show. And I'm like, how did you do that with the kids? Yep. I don't get that. But cause you got a big spread. Like your, your daughter's. Yeah. My, she's under like, two, right? Yeah. 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 There's a 10 year difference between, yeah. them, you know, and that, yeah, that's the thing. We've got a one year old right now and she will, she'll walk out of the house looking gorgeous right. with an infant. And I, I, both of them look, they'll wear matching outfits and shit. And me, I'm like, I've got the buttons on my flannel shirt, <laughs> like miss, <mismatch>. like miss, <laughs> like missing, you know, thank God I've got a cat hat to throw on. And, right. and uh, yeah, I don't know how they, but that was the thing. I remember thinking as a kid. You know, well, like when I was like getting in my young teens and stuff and I, you know, caring about how you look, I was like, Jesus, like dad doesn't even care about his appearance. No, he doesn't. He, doesn't. he quit caring when he had to deal with your high maintenance ass. Like say what you want about the all white New Balance fucking <laughs> dad shoes. They look fucking comfortable. <laughs> exactly. It is yeah. what it, like, I'm good with it. Exactly. I don't have to look impressive anymore because I've secured a mate. <laughs> it's like the old Jeff Foxworthy yeah. bit. Like, my dad's in slippers and a muumu going out to mow the yard. What are you doing? Like, going to mow the yard. Yeah. What are you wearing that for? Because I'm comfortable. Yeah, exactly. I don't <laughs> like, give a shit anymore. Like, That's, I'm just glad, like, I'm just glad that my kids have reached an age now where I can start putting Legos back. Like, I can do the Legos on yes. my own now. Yes. Like, I yeah, can my put, kids yeah. love Lego, man. Like, oh, yeah. No, my kids love Lego too, but like, and, and so before, at the very earliest, like, okay, once they're old enough to not put them in their mouth, here, now you, <laughs> you're you not going to choke and die. Exactly. Now you start putting the Legos together and I'll help you a little bit. And then I get waved off. And now I'm back to the point where 
I can just buy a Lego set for myself. Yep. And I don't feel guilty that That's, I put that together. We're sitting here in my basement, and yeah. I have a G.I. Joe AWE Striker set. It's the first thing I noticed when I came yep, in here, dude. I down. wanted that so bad. My it's kid got, got Leatherneck. I see Leatherneck. I see Dusty. My kid got me that for my birthday, man. Like Because so G.I. Cool. Joes are back in their thing. All those dude. all those things we loved as kids from the 80s are back. And oh. I, I was at Walmart looking for a birthday present for another kid Yeah, last weekend. Wait, is that new? That's not vintage? That's new. <gasps> That's brand new. So, toys from Aliens. Yeah. Is the aircraft carrier back? Because I can afford it now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I thought the same thing. Like, I'm getting that motherfucker. G.I. Joe, Ninja Turtles, Masters of the yeah. Universe. Really? And Star Wars. Are like, those are the hot toys right now. Yeah. I'm like, what fucking year is it? Is it 1988, 89 again? That's just brilliant marketing, though, man. It's like, man, I love this. Yeah. I love that I can go in there and get my kids excited about the same toys that I had when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. You know, because yeah, I had giant Rubbermaid totes full of GI, three and a half inch GI Joes. That, oh, yeah. You know, dude, some of them, they were, they'd become casualties when the rubber banded break and they, like, yeah. their fucking arm would fall off. Yeah. And they're, they're broken half. Like, oh, I'm really sorry yeah. about your ripcord. Like, yeah. it sucks, man. We lost you. Yeah. Like, R.I.P. Yeah. Oh, dude. I love, oh, yeah, God, dude. I love, so, yeah, I didn't have, growing up, like, GI Joes were very rare that I actually, like, they, they were a Christmas gift from, other you know like yeah. I, they're very rare i got gi joe's i did have a kid who lived across the street from me for a while who um his grandparents like bought him every every gi yeah. joe so i would abuse his gi joe's like my <laughs> gi joe's were kind of pristine order i i cut out the file on the back like oh I had, yeah i kept I, had them, a, I kept them too i yeah, got the a personnel shoe files yeah the yeah. shoebox full of their code card code name cards yeah. and shit yeah but uh yeah oh that's awesome dude if gi oh they're back gi dude. joe's are back and they're like Original, they look like original packaging. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. Makes me happy. Yeah, I actually got, I actually got some cool uh, Star Wars stuff for Christmas this year. That's I, I get my boys and my wife will get me at least one black black box figurine a year. Oh, nice. I've got several in my office. If you've ever been in my office, I've got like the white armor prototype Boba Fett. Oh, boss, which was, dude. Yeah, that was an inside yeah. insider buy from Shannon. Really? Yeah, because he called me when he was working. Uh, Oh, yeah? He's like, he calls me one night. He's like, hey, I was at Walgreens. They got two of them left. Like, get oh, the yeah. fuck over here. And it was like 1130 at night yeah. you know, back when they were still <laughs> yeah. 24 hours. Yeah. He's like, get over here and fucking, I was like, I'll hang out until you get here so you can snag it up. And I'm like, yeah. just fucking buy it for me and I'll, yeah. I'll square yeah. up with you later, man. Yeah. Get it now. Get it. Get it. Yep. So yeah, I have dude. the white armor holiday special prototype oh, Boba Fett dude. black box. That's that's boss. Yeah. Dude. And it's it's probably worth some money. I yeah. don't know. But it's one of those like, yeah. it's going on the shelf. I'm yeah. never going to. I am a Star Wars black box toy collector. Yeah. I have a bunch of them. They will never be opened. If I ever catch my kids trying to open them, I'll skin them alive. Yeah. Because those those are special to me. The, uh, yeah, some of them, I mean, I, because I, I am this, I am the sort of guy who like opened up the toys. Like I, I, I don't collect, but th that's something you keep in the packaging. Yeah. That's, that's and there's, there's to go some, full nerd. There's some that yeah. I do. Like if they have, if they have extras, I'll buy one. Yeah. And open it up, let the boys play with it, and then yeah. I'll keep another one. Yeah. You know? The, uh, yeah, my, uh, it's, it's cool to, it's cool to collect stuff. The, uh, my wife embraces my, she lets me be a geek. Yeah. And, cause that was the other thing too. Like I had the baby. I was like, we watched the princess movie. Yeah. Or, you know, we started watching it and she's like, what? I was like, yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> and she's like, it's not a princess. Uh, first of all, yeah. it's owned by Disney. Secondly, the the opening crawl mentions how awesome Princess Leia is and what she's doing, yep. and she's the heroine of the movie. So, yeah, Star Wars is a yep. Disney princess movie. Yeah, just saying, she is yeah. a Disney princess. She is a Disney princess. 
Yeah. So I'm watching a princess movie with my little girl. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Right on. Well, All right. We're at we're at two hours and about fifteen minutes right now. So I think I don't know. Did you want to put another one in the can, dude? I'll keep drinking and talking no, to you. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're good for now. Right, we'll man. cut it short. But cool. I man, I I appreciate you coming in. It's been a good one. Oh yeah, dude. I like um, talking to you, man. We're gonna do some more episodes with Tony. We're gonna have him back. Get some of the other SWAT guys in, and that'll be that will be highly entertaining. Oh, dude, for sure. But in the meantime, uh, if you guys want to subscribe. On Apple Podcasts, you can find us there. We'll be at www.podbean. Wait, www.thedoorduppodcast.podbean.com. We're also on Instagram at doorduppodcast. Uh, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. Our music is uh, called "In the Lion in the Land of Rhinoplasty" by the Jingle Punks. I got to give them a shout out because I do dig our intro and outro music. Everybody out there on the street, stay frosty, stay safe. We'll catch you on the next episode.